Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. Uh, we have a lot to get to tonight. We have uh, free agency in both the NBA and the NHL to go through. We also have money in the bank that just took place earlier today out in London uh, with two member or two new money in the bank holders officially crowned uh, a surprising title change and maybe perhaps another t- another turn in maybe the the biggest storyline that we've seen take place over the last couple of years. <clears throat> so anyways, I currently have Kyle on the line with me tonight. I know we're we're uh, expecting Lou will probably join in as well as Alex at some point. And I believe we do have somebody else uh, that's probably going to join us at some point as well. Uh, but Kyle, uh, did you get to watch Money in the Bank at all? I did not. I, I I keep on looking on like Instagram and TikTok, uh, so I kind of have an idea of what happens. Well, I got to tell you, uh, normally Money in the Bank has been looked at as a B level pay per view for so many years. I got to tell you, tonight or today's show did not seem like a B level show at all. Uh, it, it really kept it really kept everybody uh you know engaged basically when when you look at at you know the essentially the whole entire card as a whole uh just starting out just starting out here they started out with the men's money in the bank ladder match with Damian Priest defeating Butch, L.A. Knight, who, by the way, was over as fuck out there in London. I don't think you could find any guy in that in that locker room who was more over than L.A. Knight. Uh, Logan Paul, who on the opposite side of, uh, of the spectrum, was maybe the loudest booze that we saw that we heard on the night while well, him and maybe Dominic Mysterio. I don't, I can't, I can't really tell who was worse, the, who got the worst treatment from the fans. Uh, Ricochet was also in the match along with Santos Escobar and Shinsuke Nakamura. So Damian Priest in a 20 minute match, a lot of spots, which is to be expected with the money in the bank ladder match. Uh, Damian Priest now holds the money in the bank contract and, a little bit of a tease of more tension between him and Finn Balor later on in the night. But uh, this win, if anything, is going to absolutely catapult Damian Priest up to the top echelon, which, I mean, quite frankly, he's, he's been putting on uh, some, of the, some of the more better performances out of the entire roster. So I'm... I, I would I would have rather have seen L.A. Knight 
win the Money in the Bank ladder match, but Damian Priest is a good second option, so I'm happy with that. Uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez defeated Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler by pinfall to successfully become the new women's tag team uh, champions after Shayna Baszler turned her back on Ronda Rousey and started attacking her longtime training partner in real life uh, and good friend Ronda Rousey, might I add, which I, I guess this was just a way to for them to put the titles back on Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, considering it sounds like the, they weren't supposed to lose them to begin with uh, when Liv Morgan originally got injured. But once again, they are the tag team, uh, the women's tag team champions, and it's going to be interesting. I think this may set up a Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey match at SummerSlam, which, of course, that's the next big pay-per-view coming up in five weeks. So uh, and that should be very interesting to watch. Uh, Gunther defeated Matt Riddle by submission and successfully defending his Intercontinental Championship. Uh, put the, putting this right now, Gunther is going to have that title until he's ready for the world title. When when they're ready to give him the world title, that's when he'll drop the Intercontinental title. The fact that he hasn't dropped it yet tells me that he's probably not going to be in the title picture at all. Uh, if anything, he's just going to hang on to the Intercontinental title until it's time. Maybe WrestleMania. We'll, we'll have to see when it comes to that. Uh, let's see. The next match on the card was Cody Rhodes defeating Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley at ringside by pinfall. Makes sense. I'd say maybe the only shock out of this whole thing was the fact that Brock Lesnar didn't attack Cody Rhodes afterwards to set up the rubber match between them at SummerSlam. I assume that's probably going to be coming on Monday night, maybe. But uh, needless to say, you know, I don't think anybody had Dominic Mysterio winning this one. So uh, we had the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, which saw EO Sky defeat Bailey, Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, Zelina Vega, and Zoe Stark. In an interesting finish where they actually handcuffed Bailey and Becky Lynch when their when their hands were literally right in the right in the uh, middle of the ladder, thus preventing them from being able to climb up further, which allowed EO Sky to then climb over her alliance partner Bailey to grab the money in the bank uh, briefcase and successfully, well, be, get, a, get a title shot whenever she wants, basically. So I thought that was a very creative finish there. Uh, Seth freaking Rollins defeated Finn Balor by pinfall, uh, successfully retaining his World Heavyweight Championship, which... Uh, honestly, I got to say they made the right decision by putting it on Seth Rollins because I think this title has probably been defended a hell of a lot more 
in the past couple in the past month or so than Roman Reigns has defended his title within the last year. And that's kind of saying something. I mean, uh, you know, Kyle, if, as a viewer, wouldn't you want to see a champion actually defend their title instead of holding on to it just so that you can uh just so that you can you can try and break a uh a record for the amount of days that you hold the title. Yeah, I think it says more of how many times you defended your title. You take a look at like a guy like George St. Pierre in the UFC, you know, he's known for defending his, his title when he had it. Um I love that. You know, I love that, you know, you go out there and prove that you're the guy or you're the man or whatever you are in your sport. You know, it would be like the Cavs. It would be like the Lakers still celebrating their, their, um, you know, uh, their tournament. What, what am I thinking of uh, where the pandemic happens? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It would be like the Lakers trying to – yeah. yeah, celebrating their 2020 NBA title. Right. It would be like LeBron saying, hey, like, I'm still the champion. Like, dude, like, you're not. Like, it happened – five years ago at this point, pretty much, like, get over yourself. Like, I love when people defend their titles and, you know, it makes you look even better. And you can hold the title for 10,000 years, but if you defended your title once in those 10,000 years, are you really the man? Probably not, (laughs) you know? Right. Yeah, and, you know, it also adds to the prestige of the title, uh, by having right. it be defended on a regular basis as opposed to Roman where, yeah, I understand he's had the title for 1,035 days, which which is impressive. But at the same time, you know, a title a title used to, used to have the stipulation that you have to defend it within 30 days or else you get stripped of the title. That's what they used right. to have. But now they've basically written it on I'll put it this way Roman it almost seems like he's starting to transition into more of a part-time wrestler where mm-hmm. they make a, they make such a big deal like oh the, next week on Smackdown Roman Reigns returns uh isn't he supposed to be on the show every single fucking week right I mean this is a guy who's supposed to be the face of your company and might I add, a bit, a much bigger company now that they've merged with the UFC. Uh, he's supposed to be the face of your company, and you guys can't you guys can't bother to put to have him defend his title once every thirty days. Right. I mean, it, it's. It's honestly, it's honestly asinine the fact that you know Roman. I, I mean, I guess you could say the same thing kind of happened with Hogan uh, in the '80s, where I mean, granted, it was a different time back then. You know, uh, not a lot of wrestling was really on TV, and that allowed them to have title reigns last a lot longer. Like sort of, sort of, sort of like uh, Bruno San Martino, when mm-hmm. he had he held his title for I think it was like one thousand seven hundred days or something like that. Uh, you know, 
it was a much different time back then. You know, now with I, I mean, I, I understand, you know, there's a whole thing with inter, with injury management and whatnot, but this is a guy who's literally okay, you know, maybe he's becoming a a star attraction, you could say, on right. the uh uh, uh, in the WWE, you know, sort of like The Undertaker, where The Undertaker, uh, in the near the tail end of his career, he would wrestle like only once a year because of how broken down his body was, and he was labeled as a star attraction. But mm-hmm. you're a world champion. You gotta. You're you're holding the you're holding the title belt that this company. Uh, views as its primary title belt. You gotta, you gotta defend your title more than once, or, or yes, you know, right. you gotta defend it at least every thirty days. And Lou, uh, I, I've I've added you on here. We were we we've been talking about Money in the Bank that just in took bank. place earlier today, and we were discussing how. Roman Reigns, you know, uh, th- this is a another uh, yet again another pay per view where Roman hasn't defended his, and we were sort of comparing yeah. it to how it's not like back in the old back in the uh, in the earlier years where where wrestlers like Bruno San Martino held their titles for much longer because of the fact that wrestling wasn't always on TV, so right. You know, and considering that there were territories back in the day, uh, people mm-hmm. would actually pay to see him wrestle and to right. see him as the champion. Okay. Uh, but in today's current wrestling market, you know, where you're literally the champion of a global company, yeah. and you, you, you know, you're, you're basically the face of the company. And you're essentially defending your title like every other pay-per-view instead of every pay-per-view. Yes. I mean, it's don't you think, Lou, that if if your prized possession of a company like like say LeBron James, for example, with the Lakers, uh, yes, people pay, people go to games to see LeBron. Right. You know, wouldn't you think that if people go to these WWE events to see somebody like Roman Reigns wrestle, you would think that they would have him defend his title, right? Oh, absolutely. I defend him more than once. Because otherwise it ruins the prestige. It, it Or not ruins, but it, it sort of diminishes the prestige of the belt a little bit. Yes. It's not like it was not like it was back in you know even back to uh, my days you know when wrestling was you know starting to you know find itself again. Yeah, but uh, you know, needless to say, though, uh, he still is involved in perhaps the greatest storyline, maybe perhaps that WWE has had in quite a long time. Uh, however, he did. And I guess you could say this is a little bit of history. Uh, he did suffer his first pinfall loss for the first time in three years 
today, since December mm-hmm. of 2019, where he ended up losing uh, the title, I think, back then, back in yeah. 2019. Uh, he took the pinfall loss against his cousins, the Usos, today in what they called a bloodline civil war, which is a civil war between uh, members of the uh, wrestling faction, the bloodline, or what was yes. formerly the bloodline. Uh, and by the way, my, might I add, you know, this was just, ba- this is basically the epitome of wrestling storytelling. Uh, mm-hmm. My God, I don't think, I don't think I've seen a greater, you know, a greater uh, story being told uh, within this whole bloodline. And the thing is, this whole bloodline storyline started in 2020, and it's now 2023, and they're still going on with it. That's literally how – and the the problem is – or not problem, I should say this because this is kind of a good thing. It's never gotten – every single time – they seemingly have been have been uh, putting multiple multiple twists and turns yeah, in this whole entire thing. So overall, I thought Money in the Bank was 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 a great pay per view. Uh, it's a lot better than I thought it would have been. So we move on from one wrestling thing to well, first off, actually. Uh, the WWE did lose a longtime member of their of their company. Former WWF star Darren Drozdov passed away this past week at the age of 54. Uh, he was paralyzed in the ring back in October of 1999 following a tragic ring accident when he was facing uh, D'Lo Brown. Draws didn't get the proper jump to aid in D'Lo's running powerbomb that he does, uh, while Brown himself couldn't get a good grip because of the loose shirt that Drozdov was wearing. This ended up resulting in Draws crashing to the mat in a gruesome manner, which left him paralyzed for the remainder of his life. Uh, Drozdov had since still been kind of affiliated with the company ever since, uh, but he just recently passed away this, uh, this past week at the age of 54. Uh, mm-hmm. No cause of death has been ruled as of yet, or it hasn't been revealed, I should say. Uh, finally, one last wrestling uh, note here. Former yes. WWE superstar Ryback, is apparently having his life threatened. Uh, he, you know, he hosts a podcast called The Ryback Show uh, on, I think mm-hmm. it's on iTunes or something like that. And a guy named yeah. Chase, who he claims to have, uh, he claims to have known for years, uh, called into his show and started threatening not just him but also his entire family. Uh, I'm not, not going to go into full details, but basically it was, I listened to the whole hour, I think it was like hour and 15 minutes that the guy was, that the guy was ranting and the dude oh needs boy. mental help. 
so now the FBI has gotten involved in everything. Oh, uh, it, Lou, it, it just kind of, it just kind of shows you uh, the type of people that can call into that can call into podcast. Yeah, you, you know. Uh, I've heard jokes <laughs> on my show too. You know. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I guarantee you, you haven't had anybody uh, threaten threaten your family or uh, no, or threaten your life over over uh, over a podcast. But no, uh, this this happened though to uh, Ryan Reeves, known as uh, also known as Ryback, uh, in in the uh, wrestling world, and now the FBI are involved, and it sounds like. The guy. I don't think the guy has been caught yet. Uh, they're making it okay. real hard, and also, and also, Twitter isn't cooperating. Uh, Ryback is trying to get uh, Twitter to, because basically the guy deleted all of his all of his accounts and everything. But obviously, anybody that knows social media knows that uh, once you have an account. Even though it may be deleted, technically it's still in the it's still in the uh, system for a certain amount of time. And Twitter so far has refused to give a, to give any information uh, on the guy who is supposedly doing all this. But hopefully, hopefully uh, Ryback. Uh, gets himself into a much better space and hopefully uh this guy gets yeah. caught. Uh whoever is do whoever we don't even know if the guy's real name is Chase. But uh probably not. It, it probably not, but hopefully hopefully the guy gets caught and he'll obviously be going away for some time for uh because of this. Uh next we have the NHL draft. And as everybody figured, Connor Bedard went number one overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, And might I say, the Blackhawks actually had quite the draft this year. They picked up not just uh, Connor Bedard, they also got Oliver Moore from the uh, U.S. uh, development team. And they also grabbed, in the second round, they grabbed... Adam uh, Jajin or Gajin from Slovakia being the first, uh, the first goaltender to be picked in this year's draft. And they're the first team in quite some time actually to be the team to pick the first overall pick and also grab the first goaltender of a draft in yeah, I forget. I forget when the last time was, but uh, it's the first time that in quite some quite some time that they've done that. Uh, but I'll just run through the list real quick here of the first round picks. Uh, Connor Bedard, obviously, of course, yeah. going to the Blackhawks at number one uh, from the Regina Pats of the WHL. Leo Carlson. A huge surprise on draft night, going number two to the Anaheim Ducks. 
from the Swedish mm-hmm. Hockey League uh, or, or Rebro HK of the Swedish Hockey League. Everybody thought that Anaheim was going to take Will Smith or Adam Fantilli, yeah. and instead Leo Carlson climbed up there in the number two spot uh, for the Anaheim Ducks. Adam Fantilli went number three to the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, from the Michigan Wolverines of the Big Ten. And Will Smith fell to number four to the San Jose Sharks of the U.S. National Development Team. David Reinbacher from Austria went number five to the Montreal Canadiens. And I got to tell you, this kid has received so much backlash from not just the not just the kid, but the team has received right. so much backlash from drafting this kid from angry, pissed off Canadian fans that I, I think oh, they yeah. said that they wanted uh, they wanted Damashev from uh, from Russia, uh, who ironically ended up going with the very next pick uh, to Arizona, yeah. but. Uh, Fans were pissed off uh, that Reinbacher was drafted so much yeah. that they started sending him death threats. They started attacking him on Twitter, uh, basically comparing him to Hitler. That's going I mean, a bit too far. That's going way too far for a, for a kid who's literally, you know, having, you know, having his. Uh, the biggest the biggest day of his life yeah getting drafted into the NHL and now all of a sudden you know the team the fans of the team that draft you don't even want you i mean let's start let's start with you Kyle on that what are, what are your thoughts oh, okay. on uh on this on this kid you know, being drafted by Montreal, and now it's the reaction has been so bad that management is having him stay with his yeah. team, EHC Cloton, in the National League for at least a year because of the because of the backlash. That's so stupid. I, I don't know, like. Maybe, yeah. maybe because like I, you know, um, and this is totally different, you know, unrelated kind of. But like when Jalen Carter, you know, got drafted by the Eagles, you know, people are like, oh, like, you know, X Y Z just still like pending, like stuff like that. As you know, I think I was kind of tough on Brendan Miller, you know, last week or two weeks ago when the NBA draft happened. Like you also had to realize, like, this is their dream. You know, it's like they work so hard to get to this point and so like we as fans like yeah we can be frustrated but like to go as far as calling him Hitler or something like that it, it's crazy you know like he did nothing wrong like I, I don't know like maybe I was a little hard too hard on Brendan Miller like yeah he also you know has his you know pending cases or whatever is still going on with that situation but like I don't know to be called Hitler just because a team drafted you come on man that, that's like that's a low warm. blow and not necessary, not necessary at all, you know. And also, and also because he's Austrian too. I don't know. I don't know what being right. Austrian had to do with it, but uh, that's that's how that's the kind of treatment that this kid has received from fans of his uh, of his new team. Uh, let's go. Let's go. 
let's go to you next, Lou. What What are your thoughts on uh, on this kid, uh, David Reinbacher, basically being treated this way so much that uh, there is no originally I guess, I guess he was going to go straight to Montreal originally, but now Montreal yeah. is having him stay overseas for next year. Totally unacceptable. I mean, and also comparing him to Hitler. I mean, where do you get off saying that? And for, and for what reason? I mean, I don't agree with this. Montreal, I think, you know, just lost somebody very valuable, and I think it's going to come back to bite him with that. You lost a good player all because of, you know, of what you said, referring to Hitler and whatnot, and now you came and play there. That might cost you some. might cost you one good player, and your team, I think, is going to be in for a lot of big trouble uh, come when the season starts. What kind of an idiot would compare him to Hitler? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I feel bad for Montreal too because now yeah, they I look at, they, they look like at it as probably they look at it as they felt that they were taking the right pick, and yet all of a sudden, you know, their fans. I guess their fans wanted Dmitry Samashev, maybe perhaps, and maybe that's why. Uh, Maybe that maybe that's why they reacted the way they did. But um, I mean, I did see an epic rant on Twitter that the guy has deleted his account uh, since. But I saw an epic rant on Twitter that it, it just made me laugh my ass off at the at the uh, the reaction that this guy was giving. Yes. On a Twitter Spaces. Uh, let's 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 bring in Alex, who, uh, who 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 has just joined us, and we also have Diane joining us as well. Uh, oh, here, great. Alex, what are your thoughts on Dave, on the backlash that the Montreal Canadiens are getting for taking uh, David Reinbacher with the uh, fifth overall pick? I think it's just completely reprehensible. I was reading over the weekend about the the hate mail and all the threats and stuff. It's just ludicrous. I hope they can track down those people. I mean, the golden age of internet, right? With the government, they can find IP addresses. I hope they yeah. hold people accountable and persecute people because it's you can't let that go. I mean, Montreal's a very proud city and a br- proud franchise, and it's much doesn't doesn't belong in the same you know sentence as the word racism. And uh, no. so I feel I feel bad for the kid first and foremost. I feel bad for the franchise, and these these people should be hunted down and uh, buried under the jail. So to speak, I mean, yeah. they can't get away with it. They got to be, they got to pay the piper on this one, the, the fans. And yeah, he's going to stay overseas. I mean, this is never, this is akin to like overseas sometimes, you know, not often, but like sometimes this happens, which is horrible in like, you know, some football overseas. And they've, yeah. they've done a lot to eradicate that overseas in, football, in soccer and football internationally. So for this to happen in the NHL, you know, they really, it's, it's really terrible. They got to go after these people 120% and just totally persecute whoever's doing this. Right. And, and by the way, no, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't Samashev. Uh, fans were pissed off that they passed over Matvey Michkov, who many What's considered to be wow. the most talented player available at the time. And he ended up going to the Philadelphia Flyers with a number seven pick. That's what people wow. were pissed off at. They were pissed off <laughs> that that they that they didn't. I guess they were pissed off that they took a defenseman instead of a winger. 
but imagine being yeah. pissed off at something. You have every right to be pissed, but, I mean, are you really going to go? None of us would ever even think of going there. I mean, these people are going mm-hmm. into hate and racism over it. It's just absolutely disgusting. It's not the way you uh, channel your displeasure towards a draft pick. Right. Right. D- Diane, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Uh the reaction, the the overwhelmingly negative reaction uh, that fans are giving the Montreal Canadiens as well as the kid that they drafted, uh, even comparing him to the likes of Hitler. Oh, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really know the Montreal Canadiens players. Well. This kid is new, though. This kid is new. They is they new. literally just drafted him at the draft. So, uh, you know, a lot of these a lot of these uh, players are. I guess because he's Austrian. I don't know. It it doesn't make sense why uh, why he was being was compared to Hitler. Yeah, you shouldn't compare Hitler. Yeah, well, Mozart was from Vienna too, so. Did anyone compare? Yeah. yeah, well, you couldn't compare the kid to Hitler. And also, apparently, uh, not a lot of uh, not a lot of players uh, from Montreal are happy about the fans' reaction. Uh, mm. Quite a few of them actually are uh, taking offense to how the kid was treated. Well, they should. So hopefully, I mean, I, I know this kid's going to be uh, off of the. He, he's going to stay in the National League over over there for yeah. at least next season. So, I mean, the kid's pretty good, you know, for a defenseman. Three goals, nineteen right. assists, uh, for twenty-two points. Now that may not seem like a lot, but we got to remember defensemen. They're not really known for putting up points or goals. No. Uh, about 18 years old, six foot two, 187 pounds. I mean, that's a pretty that's a, that's a pretty good makeup for a defenseman. So, yes, I mean, it's it's, still, it's 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 yes, Alex. What? Sorry, guys. James, Lou, whoever, anyone else? I'm just curious. Do you guys feel like the original um, plan was to keep him overseas, or is this just being spurred on just because of all this crazy uh, hate mail that everyone's receiving? Is that is that oh, causing no. him to stay overseas? Yep, that's what it is. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, so I guess I guess the plan the plan was they were going to sign him to his entry level deal, and then yeah. he was going to go into training camp and whatnot and play during the preseason uh, to see if he would make the team. But now they've decided because of the backlash, uh, and they don't want anything potentially happening in Montreal. Uh, they've decided to keep him overseas, it sounds like, for at least wow. a year. Because yeah, they don't want to... Yeah, is plan on, do you think? It was, it was a decision by the team itself. Yes, yes but you think that was a good decision by the team? Uh, it was, in my opinion, it's necessary, I feel. I feel it's necessary because, you know, you don't want 
fans to you got to you got to think of uh protecting the players as well. Yes, you and do. some fans are so diehard that they think yeah. that they can you know, they think they can insert themselves into a team's uh, you know, into a team's affairs to where they'll chase these they'll chase these players outside of arenas uh anywhere basically. And yes. they don't want they want they want the backlash to try and die down uh, after about a year before they think of even bringing this kid in because otherwise it could potentially get ugly with uh, how wreck the kid's uh, wreck the kid's career traumatize the kid it would definitely scar him and totally derail his career most likely exactly really exactly you say about uh, eighteen year old kid some of the other. He's no kid. I'm yeah. making his pro debut, yeah. and if you if you think of that mentally, he's already like game over. You know what I mean? It's absolutely right. unfair for him. So they're like they're protecting his mental and physical well being for a year. Yeah, which is the right move when you think about it, because I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, the last thing you want the last thing you want is for fans to to cause problems, basically, not just in the arena, but outside the arena. And you don't want to put this kid into harm's way, basically. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. So, uh, number six, uh, Dmitry Samashev went to the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Matt Michkov went to the Philadelphia Flyers. There is a problem, though, with Michkov because he is signed currently to the KHL, uh, St. Petersburg of the KHL, and he does have a contract there. So that means that he has to finish out his contract in the KHL before he can play in the NHL. So we won't be seeing Michkov for at least two to three years, maybe. In, that was in, Phila- or in Philadelphia. That was a huge reason why uh, why he slipped where he did, right? He's arguably, if he was NHL ready this year, he could have been one or two, right? Or at least probably number yeah. two. Yeah, but the problem is he was already signed with a K- with a KHL team. That, yeah, that, that's that, the that caused his drop. That caused mm-hmm. his drop. So Philly, yeah. Philly was like, okay, we'll wait a couple of years. This guy could be the next big thing. I, I kind of like that move. I mean, it's. You know, it's more long-term, bigger picture, but they could oh, have a superstar in a couple of years. Yeah, he definitely has a con- – uh, uh, I mean, we'll put it this way. He definitely has the tools. He definitely yeah. has the tools. You know, he, he was easily a top-five player in this draft. So, for him to slip a couple of spots, I mean, that's just – you know, Philadelphia decided, hey, we're not going to be contending anytime soon. So – uh, of course, you know, and and it is it is three seasons. Okay, so he will be in the KHL for three more seasons before he even is eligible to come to the NHL. Uh, Ryan Leonard went number eight to the Washington Capitals. Uh, Nate Danielson yes. went number nine to the Detroit Red Wings from the Brandon Wheat Kings of the WHL. Which, by the way, that's a great choice for uh, for Detroit. Uh, they need to build some depth uh, in their in their center position. Uh, Dalibor Dvorskia went number ten to the St. Louis Blues. Uh, 
which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense because even though they have Zach Dean mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Zach Bolduck uh, in, in their uh, in their prospect pool, they do need some more center help. So Dvorsky will help will help them in the future for St. Louis with players like Braden Shen uh, potentially, you know, getting older and maybe on their way out. Uh, Tom Willander goes number 11 to the Vancouver Canucks from the, from the uh, Swedish league, uh, Rogel BK in particular, uh, he played for. Daniil Boot went number 12 to the Arizona Coyotes from the KHL. He's another player who is under contract in the KHL. I don't know how many, I don't know how many more years, uh, but he is under contract in the KHL. So uh, he may, he may not see the the bigs for quite a little bit. I I don't think it's as long as Mitch Cobb though. Uh, Number 13, Zach Benson ended up going to the Buffalo Sabres. That's a huge pickup for Buffalo. Uh, You want to talk about a team that needs help on the wing. Uh, Zach Benson from the Winnipeg Ice of the WHL. uh, That'll definitely help. Uh, Let's see. Brandon Yeager, or Braden Yeager, went number 14 Yeager, yeah. to the Pittsburgh Penguins of the Moose, uh, from the Moose Jaw Warriors of the WHL. Uh, Matthew oh, yeah. Wood went 15 to the Nashville Predators from the Yukon Huskies. Uh, that is, I think that's the highest in some time that uh, a Hockey East player has been, has been taken. And certainly I the highest so. Husky. I can, I can ever remember a high, uh, Yukon Husky player. That's a, that's pretty awesome. Let me tell. Let me take a closer a closer look at this kid. Actually, Matthew Wood this year for Connecticut, eleven goals, twenty three assists, for thirty four points in thirty five games. Good. So he was basically a he was basically almost a point per game player. So, uh, winner. I mean that you know that makes sense. That that makes sense why he would be a uh, a mid uh, a mid first round draft pick. Uh, Let's see, number 16, Samuel Honzik from Slovakia went to the Calgary Flames from the Vancouver Giants of the WHL. Uh, Axel Sandin Palika from Sweden of the Swedish Hockey League went to the Detroit Red Wings, which actually this was from a a trade uh, earlier on in the season uh, from the draft pick. Colby Barlow went to the Winnipeg Jets at number 18 from the Owen Sound attack of the OHL. Oliver Moore went number 19 to the Chicago Blackhawks from the U.S. uh, National Development uh, team. Edward Sale went from the Czech Republic to the Seattle Kraken at number 20. Uh, number 21, you have Charlie Strommel going to the Minnesota Wild from the Wisconsin Badgers of the Big Ten. Uh, at 22, you have Oliver Bonk going to the Philadelphia Flyers from the OHL's London Knights. Uh, Gabe Peralt 
Gabe Peralt went number 23 to the New York Rangers from the U.S. uh, National Development Team. And Peralt actually, I think, was one of the better one of the better wingers to be selected in the first round. Actually, so uh, for him to fall all the way to twenty three, the Rangers picked up a pretty good pick, I think. I mean, just my my quick little uh, in the first round. Number twenty two and twenty three. I regarding the Rangers, yeah, twenty three it was twenty three twenty three. I threw it out there on us. Out there on loose show, Steve, earlier regarding the Rangers. Yeah, highly skilled guy, quick on his uh, on the ice. You know, yeah, plenty of intangibles, but again, not just not a physical guy. I know you can't get sometimes you can't just say I want a six foot four winger. Maybe they weren't on the board, but another guy mm-hmm. is kind of like Lafreniere and some of their other picks recently. You know what I mean? Like kind of thin, not physical. Another right. winger, like they they keep picking the same. You know what I mean? It's like the same same blueprint, the same DNA, but. Hey, maybe he maybe he actually steps up. I mean, I just they're kind of a soft roster, but he is highly skilled. So we'll see how he develops. Well, he will be going to Boston College uh, at least okay. to begin this next uh, to begin this next year. So he won't be he won't be in New York right away. He is committed to Boston College. So uh, there is that. Uh, number yep. twenty-four, Tanner Molendyke went to the Nashville Predators from the Saskatoon Blades of the WHL. Uh, let's see. At number twenty-five, we have Otto Denberg from the Swedish Hockey League uh, going to the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis is really building up their center, their center prospect uh, depth. So I have a feeling we may we may be seeing a lot of moves potentially in the future for St. Louis uh, and their aging uh, center core. Quentin Musty uh, went to the San Jose Sharks. This was formerly the New Jersey Devils pick uh, that was yep. traded to San Jose in the Timo Meyer trade. Uh, Musty from the Sudbury Wolves of the OHL going to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, let's see. Callum Ritchie of the Oshawa Generals went number 27 to the Colorado Avalanche. Easton Cowan of the London Knights of the OHL went number 28. Uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and my God, you want to talk about a reach? Yeah, <laughs> this is a, a maybe a this is maybe a second, third round talent that uh, gets taken. I mean, even though he had pretty good numbers, twenty goals, thirty three assists, but a lot of people saw him as a second or third round talent. And leave it leave it to the Toronto Maple Leafs to take him in the first round. Uh, with the number 28 pick. Theo Lindstein went to the St. Louis Blues from the Swedish Hockey League with the number 29 pick. Bradley Nadeau with the number 30 pick goes to the Carolina Hurricanes from the British Columbia Hockey League, the BCHL. Yes. Uh, Mikhail Guliyev went to the Colorado Avalanche 
from the KHL. He might be another one that is potentially under contract. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on, uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, and David Edstrom was the last pick of the first round, going to the Vegas Golden Knights from the Swedish Hockey League. Let's see. So that's a, that's it when it comes to the to the draft. Uh, but a little a little tidbit though, uh, this is the first NHL draft since 2007 where no trades were made during the very first round. Because right, normally there's a lot of movement on draft night. So for there not to have any trades be made, I mean that's that's pretty significant. That shows exactly how hard the uh, – or uh, not necessarily how hard, but I guess they were waiting for dominoes to fall when it comes to, uh, you know, players potentially being moved. Yeah, can't force the deal. Sure. I guess no one – everyone was a little bit uh, tentative and no one actually pulled the trigger. That's, that's fascinating, though. That, I mean, that rarely, if ever, does that ever happen on, in any pro sport. No draft day moves. That's really crazy. Right. Now, we did, though, did have a couple of trades. Yeah. What? No, dra- no draft pick moves, I should say. Right. Is the draft finished or does it go on for, like, another game or something? No, I think we're done. No, they, they – I think it's only a two-day thing, right? I thought it was yeah. three. It's uh, well, maybe it is three. No, it's two. Okay, we're done. I'm done. Who's the devil's draft? No, I'm thinking that. Uh, you know, I, I, I honestly, after the first round, I didn't really yeah. pay much attention except for the except for the early no, picks does. of the second round. Yeah. So they do, uh, we do seven we, on the second day. Wow. Yeah, because uh, usually after you get past the first round, usually teams know who they want to select. With okay. uh, it, it, it kind of goes, it kind of goes fast like the NFL, basically. Where right. how cool once you are. get past that first round, you know, once you get yeah. past that first round, the NFL draft normally goes faster and faster. The you know the the longer you go into well, the draft. if you're going to draft 263 players, you better. <laughs> well, it's basically the same yeah, thing longer. with it the NHL longer. draft. Yeah. Who's in the devil's draft? NHL's interesting, too. They, they have the whole entourage. They had, like, nine guys in suits and then a kid up on the stage. It was pretty cool. It's yeah. a different format. kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's uh, although although I do I do think that the new, that uh, the NHL could potentially take a couple of uh, you know they could take a couple of uh, a couple of hints by how other leagues uh, handle the draft. Yeah, because it has been a little it has been a little lacking. Yeah, it's definitely got its own kind of uh, approach. It's unique. Now, as far as who the Devils drafted, uh, they took, with the 58th pick, they took Lenny Haminaho from the, I think he he played in the Finnish Liga League. 
Uh, honestly, you know, only 21 points, nine goals, 12 assists, and 51 games. Uh, I, you know, I I don't really know about this pick because you would think that you would think that there would be there in a stacked draft class like this one. Yeah. You would think that there would have been other players there at that at that point for them to take. Uh, they took Cam Squires in the fourth round. Squires, you know, that pick I actually kind of like. Uh, I honestly think he should have gone a little higher than than the fourth round. He had 64 points this year in the QMJHL, but the problem is the QMJHL, uh, they're not really looked at as highly as the OHL or WHL when it comes to talent. What's the, so, okay, answer me this. What's the JHL? Junior Hockey League. Junior Hockey League. Okay. The Quebec, the the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, for I most of these league. picks, m- most of these picks basically, uh, if you were going to grade them from A to F, most of these picks got a C grade. I mean, it wasn't really. The Devils didn't didn't really make a uh, they didn't really have a good draft class. We'll put it that way, right? Compared to recent years, did they just draft those two players? No, they drafted more. No. But, uh, you know, the further on you get in the draft, the more the more unlikely that those picks are really going to make a uh, an impact, basically. Uh, we did have a couple of moves, though, take place before the draft. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, they reacquired their third-round pick that they originally sent to the Penguins in the trade that brought in Teddy Bluger, and instead they sent out Riley Smith, one of their top-performing wingers for that third-round pick. Which kind of makes me think that they sold kind of low on Riley because Riley Smith, with the numbers that he put up this year, putting up nearly 60 points, I would have thought they could get at least a second-round pick in return for him, if not a first-round pick. So, I mean, I, I kind of understand it, I guess, because they then immediately took that cap space and they re-signed Ivan Barbashev to a five-year deal. Uh, worth about five million per year, so I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, the Boston Bruins—they traded left winger Taylor Hall and the rights yeah. to Nick Foligno to, the, to yeah. the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for defenseman Alec Regula and Ian Mitchell. It was. Well, I mean, they, he could have traded them, or they could have traded them back to the Devils if uh, if yeah, the Devils had cap space. Okay. If the Devils had cap I space, I'm sure. I'm sure that the Devils don't have cap space. Well, not really. After they after they yeah. 
made after they made the necessary moves that they did and also after re-signing uh, Timo Meyer. You know, not really they've a lot of cap space. They've been training Damon Jefferson. Yeah, but then they used that money to sign another defenseman. So Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All that money was basically was basically taken up already. Okay. Uh we also had another deal with the Winnipeg Jets trading center Pierre Luc Dubois to the wow. LA Kings for uh Gabriel Velarde, Alex Ayafalo. Rasmus Kapari and a 2024 second round pick. And also, as part of the deal, Dubois agreed to an eight year extension worth an average annual value of eight and a half million dollars with the LA Kings. Wow, yeah. the Kings are very kind of cap space? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. They got, pl- they got plenty of space. They got. Uh, when you consider the moves that they made at the deadline okay. uh, this past this past season, and who they be- I mean, they gave up. Uh, they they ended up giving up a guy who was making at least four million dollars per year in Ayafalo. So uh, they they could they they freed up what they needed in order to in order to get what they did. Okay. Um, let's see. The Montreal Canadiens, they acquired center Alex Newhook from the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for the number 31 and 37 picks in this past draft that obviously we saw, uh, we, we saw what ended up happening then, but, uh, that was before the draft. Uh, the Calgary Flames did make a move with New Jersey. Uh, sending Tyler Toffoli to New Jersey in exchange for Yegar Serengovich and a mm-hmm. 2023 third-round pick. Uh, as a result, okay. Serengovich agreed to a two-year extension worth $3.1 million per season. Uh, now, in terms of who you're getting, Diane, in Tyler Toffoli, uh, Toffoli last season – put up 73 points, 34 goals, 39 assists. Okay. So what is yeah. this guy, a forward, a defenseman, a winger? A winger. A winger. Yeah. He's a right winger. Okay. So okay. he will very easily be uh, – well, actually, no, he would probably be the third line, I think, because Timo Meyer is a right winger, right? I think. Yeah. Or is he left? I think he's right. He's right. So, because they have Jesper Bratt. So, wow. Toffoli. Unless Toffoli can play on the left side. Wow. Okay. So, Jesper Bratt. Uh, Jesper Bratt would be on the top line. Timo Meyer would be on the second line. So, wow. Tyler Toffoli having a 73-point producer on the third line. Uh, nice luck to have. Yeah. Embarrassment of riches. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely. Uh, you want to talk about scoring depth? Uh, New Jersey's yeah. definitely going to have it next season. That's ball. Oh, good, they need 
that's an awesome, yeah. awesome and, thing to have a, a, a lethal score on your third line, man. That's a, that's a massive move. Good yeah, thing you don't. big time. Yeah. Uh, unless unless he can play the left side. If he can play the left side, he could potentially see time on the second line. Uh, I don't know exactly. I think he's primarily a right winger, though. Uh, yeah, they always, they always through the years, man. They, 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 I mean, the Devils. I'm just, I'm just amazed. They, they've always through the years. They always make really good, really savvy moves. Yeah. They're always yeah. adding talent. Uh, oh. oh, they definitely do. And in, ter- in terms of uh, Timo Meyer's contract, uh, the Devils did sign him to an eight-year extension worth about 8.8 mil per season. So definitely very costly, but uh, there's no way that they were going to give up what they did originally to uh to San Jose if they weren't going to keep if they weren't going to bring him back. So uh needless to say it was a necessary a necessary sacrifice but uh definitely he'll be he'll he'll be worth it. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's invested in trades everything to keep Timo's contract. They would. Yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much what they did in okay. order to uh, in order to make it happen. Okay. Uh, we did also see the Flyers trade forward Kevin Hayes, along with retaining fifty percent of his salary to St. Louis in exchange for a sixth round pick in next year's draft. It's kind of funny because we originally were talking last week as this was happening, like it was going to be a blockbuster deal, but Tory Krug refused to waive his no trade clause. So that blockbuster deal ended up turning into practically nothing, just a sixth round pick in that deal. Uh, now some, some players though, because, now we head into the free agent market, and my God, let me tell you, uh, you want to talk about players being taken off of the uh, being taken off of the market, like flying off, like like it was nothing. Uh, the NBA was pretty quick. The NHL was pretty quick as well today. Uh, yeah, starting off with the more notable names, uh, Dmitry Orlov. Carolina, two years, seven, seven and three quarter million per year. Come on, I'm sorry, Damn. but Dmitri Orlov, uh, you know, I get it. He's he's a little older, but I don't know if I would see that as, you know, seven and th- seven and three quarter mil per year. Yeah, that number I think we have, we have a new caller calling in uh, area code six zero eight. May we uh, may we ask who is calling? It's Chris. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I am oh. so sorry, Chris. I, I forgot. I forgot that uh, that your dad gave us. Uh, he gave me two different uh, area codes. I know. I know your other area codes, but. Yeah, this well, is. I, I finally got my phone back on. Oh, okay. Hey, Chris. What's up, man? Well, that, uh, that, that that's uh, that's great, man. Uh, we have currently on the line with us. We have Kyle 
We have Lou, we have Alex, and we have Diane on the line with us uh, tonight, talking uh, talking some sports. Uh, real quick, I want to I want to ask you: uh, Did you get a chance to watch Money in the Bank? I watched. I I saw parts of it, but I got to watch the last the like, last couple matches. I got to watch. Yeah. Well, what what did you think about the uh, about the whole bloodline uh, storyline uh, of the the civil war that they did? I think that was the best match of the night. And as I could recall, like ten years ago, when the Usos first started out, they pinned Roman Reigns whenever uh, he was a part of the Shield. So it kind of brought mm-hmm. back good memories. Yeah, it's. It's definitely, you know, I think this was very significant because of the fact that Roman Reigns hadn't been pinned in nearly four years. So for them to have the Usos, and in particular Jay Uso, be the one to pin him, I mean, that, I think that tells you right then and there who's who's going to be taking the title off of them. I think they're going to be giving the title to one of the Usos. I don't know, yeah, I don't I know first, what you think, if uh, or if he'll ever drop the belt. First, when I got done watching the match, I kind of thought Solo was going to turn on Roman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what a lot of people thought. I mean, uh, the way they were telegraphing it in the weeks leading up to the to the show, a lot of people thought that Rome, that, that Solo was going to be this, this generation's version of Batista turning on Triple H, yeah. which effectively ended evolution uh, back, uh, back in 2005. A lot of people thought that this was going to be this, generation's version of that, but we haven't seen it yet. And I ain't gonna lie to nobody. Me and my dad both were very, very pissed off that LA Knight didn't win the money in the bank. I want him to win so bad. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely very Mm -hmm. over with the crowd. Be honest, it could have been worse. They could have had Logan Paul win. Yeah. They could have had Logan Paul win, but, uh, you know, I I, I do kind of like that they had Damian Priest win because, honestly, I don't really know if L.A. Knight needs the Money in the Bank briefcase to progress himself further. I mean, they're already very impressed with, uh, with, what, with what L.A. Knight brings to the table. But uh, you know, I asked this question earlier when we brought when we brought up this earlier. Uh, what do you think of uh, of Seth Rollins being a fighting champion and actively defending his title, literally any chance that he gets, compared to Roman, who has who has sometimes gone months without defending his title. That's a good question because Seth Rollins, he's he's good, but he just he's a whole lot better because he he actually what like yeah. you said he he uh he shit I lost my train of thought for a second no mind yeah but yeah he 
I like Seth Rollins the way he does it because he, he keeps on putting the belt up every chance he gets, like you said, and Roman only does it like once a year. So I I give my props to Seth Rollins for that. And him and Finn Balor had a good match tonight too. Yeah. Oh, de- definitely. Um, matter of fact, they teased that Damian Priest was going to cash in. Ultimately, that didn't end up happening. Uh, but they teased that Damian Priest may cash in on either one. And I guess maybe this is their way of kind of potentially splitting up uh, Judgment Day, perhaps? Yes. By having by having uh, Priest yeah, cash Priest in. Like, that say that Finn Balor ultimately ends up winning the belt at some point, and then, they ca- and then he cashes in on Balor. Doing anything for the fourth? Uh, well, we don't know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I thought I, thought, I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead. What were you going to say? You're good, Steve. Well, I was. You know, I was just. I was just thinking that. You know, Judgment Day is one of the more over groups in the company. That I'm not sure if they would really want to split them up right away. Right. Because otherwise, you know, why would they why why would they put all this all this time into that group? I mean, yeah, they're doing the whole Eddie Guerrero <laughs> China thing with Dominic Mysterio and uh and Rhea Ripley on the side there. But I don't understand, you know, why they would do that why they what you know why they would potentially move why they would potentially break up the judgment day when they're probably apart from the bloodline storyline the judgment day is maybe one of the one of the best things they have going right now yeah. I, I mean i don't know yeah, it is tough to it's tough to imagine breaking that 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 factor up. Yeah, because you know one of obviously one of the big things is that they move merchandise. You know, if if you have a, an act that sells yeah. a lot of merchandise, uh, it would be honestly very foolish uh, from a business perspective to break them up. Kind of like. Uh, Kind of like with the NWO, with how popular the NWO was uh, back in the WCW days. And then, yeah. I mean, granted, granted that was a little bit different because with the NWO, it got way, way overzealous to the point of where almost the entire roster was in the NWO. So they eventually had to break it up at some point, but... I mean, when you have something as good, it's it's kind of like people are people are 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 engaged with the whole bloodline storyline, and I guess you know maybe it was a bit of a shame that they did break up the bloodline because it clearly is the one of the most dominant factions that the company has ever seen, uh, but. You know, Judgment Day, they're still moving merchandise and everything. They're still uh, selling a lot. So, 
I know they're doing all these little teases, but it's, you know, with, with them already breaking apart the bloodline, it doesn't really make sense for them to then break up Judgment Day because you need one big, you need one, at least one big stable to stay in place. essentially. But right. uh, we do have, I do, I do want to go into, let me just check real quick here. Let me see if there's anything. Ooh, okay. This is interesting. You know what? We're going to go yeah. into the NBA, uh, NBA free agency because, there is one thing here that I am keeping an eye on, and it looks like it may involve the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Uh-oh. The NBA may be the fastest hour of free agency that I think I've seen in quite some time. A reported, <laughs> yeah. one, a reported $1.02 billion in salary committed within the first hour. Yeah. That shit crazy. I mean, yeah. I mean, my God. It's – the contracts are basically lying off the shelves like it was nothing, essentially. They had a lot of deals, and, a lot of deals behind the scenes were locked and loaded with these power agents. So the second that clock hit, there were already deals getting signed. It was like fast and furious, right? Uh, you know, and and you know, here's the thing: didn't they didn't they put in a, a, a non tampering uh, rule? I think yeah. they did. It's almost like it's almost like that gray area. Like it, you, these guys are hanging out somewhere or on an island somewhere. Hey, we're gonna. Uh, I'll probably see you in uh, the Clippers next week. I, I might be going to LA. I mean, they. I just seriously doubt it's not like they're uh, touring colleges. They're not going, oh, maybe this school or that city or that team. You know what I mean? Like, they already know where they really really right. want to go. And it's just the highest. As long as they get that money, they're signing right away. It's, right. it's crazy. But it's, it's just a different animal. You, you don't see a DeAndre Hopkins NFL scenario where they visit yeah. two or three teams and it takes 10 or 12 days. These, these contracts are taking 10 or 12 minutes. I mean, it's just a totally different world. For better or for worse. I mean, they're just throwing around Monopoly money immediately. Speaking of that, I could not yeah. believe LaMelo Ball signed a five-year, $260 million contract. <laughs> that shit is crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean he's, yeah. a, he's a great athlete. He's an entertainer. He's a great athlete. That's a, that's a really good uh, thing you brought up, man. As a huge NBA fan, he still hasn't proven a lick to me. I mean, he can't really shoot that well yeah. either. They gave, him, they gave him a quarter billion. <laughs> Imagine if he could hit a jumper, too. What I'm looking ready for, I'm ready to see what the fuck Dame's going to do. Because ain't no telling what he's I God. hope he winds up on the team. I'm a huge Dame fan, man. It's, well, it's, it's really tough what's going on. We're going to see what happens because they hold the keys. I mean, he's he's locked into Portland on paper. He's under contract for four more years. They want to go that route. You know, if, if push comes to shove, they're not, they're not going to get gypped. They're not going to get screwed over because they don't have to be in any rush. You know what I mean? It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Dame. Yes. Yeah, my understanding is that uh, when it comes to Damian Lillard, 
I know the Celtics are apparently in on him. Uh, Jason Tatum, according to uh, according to one of the one of the NBA analysts, I forget who, uh, Mark Spears, uh, or Mark Spear, however however his name is uh, is spelled. Uh, he mentioned that Jason Tatum apparently has been reaching out to Damian Lillard, trying to recruit him to Boston. Um, I know that Lillard prefers to go to Miami, but according to, according to a report earlier from Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, front offices talking to Portland today were left with the impression that GM Joe Cronin is pursuing a star-level return package for Damian mm-hmm. Lillard, which makes sense. And Miami that Cronin that. plans – exactly. And, and that Cronin plans to look well beyond the Miami Heat to find one. So far, again, gonna take, the, Miami Heat's yeah, sorry, offer, the Miami Heat's offer has been Tyler Harrow – uh, Duncan Robinson and multiple first round or uh, multiple picks. Not exactly. Yep. Not exactly if it's first round or whatnot. And honestly, I, yeah. you know, I, I said I told you earlier, uh, uh, or I told them earlier when I was talking to them uh, to to Lou and Alex earlier uh, before the show today. That's just way too little for it for is. a player like Lillard. You can't you can't look to do this guy a favor. I mean, he they are indebted to him, but this is the thing. It's so messed up. This guy is not a James Harden. He's not a home wrecker. Mm-hmm. He's not a Kyrie Irving head case. This guy is like Mr. Loyal from a small school. They drafted him really early. He he didn't even think he was going to be a first rounder. They took him in the lotto years ago, and he's he has he stayed loyal. He's done a ton in the community. I'm not trying to sound corny or blow smoke up James' ass because he's leaving. I'm I'm a Portland fan, mm-hmm. but uh. He was seriously every offseason. Remember, LeBron's been trying to recruit him for half a decade. He's always saying, "No, I'm staying in Portland." You know, I owe them my career. And now, just out of nowhere, he was hinting during the draft, "You got to move this pick for a veteran." They didn't do it, and now he's he's one of the last guys I would expect to do this. But I mean, they got to stand firm. It's it's oh, you want to go to Miami? Okay, we're going to get a crap return. No, we're we're going to send you where we can get the best value back. I mean, it's a two way street. They're going to have to give up something, Damian. They're going to have to give up something. Yeah. Yeah, they can't. He can't just say, "Oh, I want to go to Miami." They're not going to bend over backwards to get him on a flight to Miami and, and get a crappy uh, package in return. They're going to send him where they get the most package, the best package back. I mean, it's business at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Another team I like to send, I like to see Dame go to is the Clippers. He'd be good in there. Yeah, they just we signed Westbrook up, but he would be awesome in LA. I mean, Problem is though, I don't prime. know what I don't know what the Clippers can offer. Because I know they're yeah. trying to move Norman. Yeah. I know they're trying to move Norman Powell, but uh, I know right. I know they're trying to move Norman Powell. They're trying to move uh, Covington, but other than those two, I don't know what else they can really offer. Two former Blazers, Powell and Covington, <laughs> full circle. Yeah. No, I mean they just don't have the assets. I mean the Blazers wanted. They were talking about getting Paul George a couple weeks ago to go with him. So it's like. I really don't see – and now the Blazers, look, they're, they're going to be building around Scoot and uh, Shade and Sharp. They're going full rebuild if they move off the dam. So it's not like they're going to be asking for, you know, an older uh, Leonard or George. I don't even know if Clippers would do that. You know what I mean? It's just they don't really make sense as a trade partner for, for them. They want, they well, want draft actually, picks or young players. Actually, there is an update. 
Uh, oh, really? It says here, as of 12 minutes ago, uh, the Miami Heat are the front runners. Uh, they're looking. The Portland Trailblazers are looking for a third team to take Tyler Harrow, who would be at the yeah. heart of any package from Miami. Uh, so it sounds like the Brooklyn Nets have been one of the teams contacted as a possible landing spot for Tyler Harrow as part of a three-team deal. Uh, the Blazers, it says here the Blazers aren't too keen on bringing in Tyler Harrow as part of the, as part of the deal to Portland. Uh, honestly though, you know, this would kind of make it make the return even worse unless whatever third team that's coming into this deal is going to make it, uh, you know, is going to make it worthwhile. Otherwise, you know, I know Miami is trying to keep Caleb Martin out of talks, considering they've already lost Max Struess and uh, who was that? Who was their other one? Gabe Vincent to free agency. The Lakers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Vincent. But, I I mean, you know, you you almost think they'd want to keep Harrow because, like you just said, you, you made a great point. They just lost two really good guards and wingmen. Now it's like they have that void. But I guess if they want Dame, you know, I, don't just, I just don't think Miami has enough. Like you said, maybe a third team has to be involved. Yeah, but at the same, at the same time, though, you kind of have to – unless that third team is prepared to – I mean, yeah, that third team would get Tyler Harrow, but – they would yeah. really have to make it worthwhile for for Portland to pull that trigger. I mean, if I'm Portland, I'm looking for at least three to four first round picks to go along with whatever player or players I may get in return. Because Damian Lillard, I mean, granted he's going to be 33, but Damian Lillard has been the face of that yeah. franchise for how many years? Yeah, and for over for for a decade, for over a decade, just over a decade, man. Top seventy-five player it, doesn't get enough fanfare. I mean, if, if if he was playing in LA or New York, he'd be talked about top five. I'm telling you guys right now, he's that good. He's been on a crappy roster, you know, scoring sixty, seventy-one points last year, hitting thirteen threes in a game, getting double teamed like Steph Curry. He doesn't have Clay Thompson around, and this guy is phenomenal. I mean, he they got to get a big ass haul for him. They have to. I mean, I'll put it. And he's under I'll contract. I'll put it this way. He's under like, contract. Like, if I was, like, say for a hypothetical here, if, say, they were making a deal with Boston, with Boston, I would want four first-round picks uh, and maybe potentially pick swaps. I would want Malcolm Brogdon. I would want, even though he, even though he's, uh, there's concern about his injury, Brad Stevens claims that he is going to be ready for the start of next season. I would want Brogdon. I would want maybe potentially Grant Williams in a sign-in trade. And I would also want Time Lord. You know, that's the type of package. That's the type of package, if I'm Portland, that I'm looking for in a team. You know what they do tonight, Steve? Just keep it on Boston-Portland real quick. They would do it right now. I know you're going to be hesitant, but, I mean – they were talking about doing it for the third pick, Jalen Brown, for Lillard straight up. Yeah, you you would have yeah Adam, I would KP and Lillard. I mean, I, if I were Boston, I would probably do that. I mean, I would shake it up. Yeah, Lillard's an assassin. Sure. 
he's better than he's better than Jalen, man. The thing is, he's older, and I love Jalen Brown, but I mean, Jalen, he would be a superstar in Boston. That's I mean that maybe they could do that. Yeah, well, the thing is, I for uh, for Lillard, I would try at least before I would before I would uh, talk about those other players, I would try yeah. and see if Boston was willing to give up like a Jalen Brown because I know they're. I know they're kind of hesitant on whether or not to sign him to the Supermax that he's eligible for now. Uh, I would try to get Jalen Brown from them. Uh, I don't know if it would be possible. Well, first off, his salary I don't think matches yet. With uh, Lillard's making about, I think Lillard's making about 30-plus mil. Let me see what Jalen Brown's contract is. I was just spitballing that. I mean, these packages are going to be complex, but I mean, that would, if it works money wise, I don't know if it would, but I know he's older, but I mean, that's a pretty darn good deal for both sides, I think, because Jalen Brown could kind of be part of a rebuild, and Lillard, you get that all world point guard to go with Tatum and now Porzingis. And that'd be a pretty, pretty sweet yeah, deal, but, I think. I mean, on, yeah. honestly, the only thing that would, the only thing that would draw a pause from it is the fact that Lillard is 33. Brown's yeah, like exactly. Brown, well, Brown's know, like yeah. seven years younger than him. Yeah. Uh, sure. We'll see. I mean, Boston would be awesome in Boston, man. That'd be a good move for them. Okay, let's see. So it was he signed a four-year deal worth about 106 mil at that time. So. He's a, yeah. His salary wouldn't be enough. They would still. It would have to be Jalen Brown and somebody else going uh, to Portland to make that it's work. Weird. Because that's hard to get because Lillard younger. I mean, maybe tossing a bad contract of like a you know end of the bench player that you that you literally want to get rid of. You know what I mean? Yeah. To just even yeah. it out. Because I mean, Damian Lillard, I believe, if I remember correctly, he's making a little over thirty million per year. They got so, him either way. Yeah, it's around there. Either way, time wise, they got him four years. He's year two of a four. Or five oh years my ago. god! Three, three more years. Yeah. Oh my god! No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not thirty mil. It's forty-five mil. Forty-five. So yeah, he's give two hundred. Oh boy. It's it's two hundred ten. So. So yeah, I was messed so up. So they would have to give up Brown. Yeah. They would have to give up Brown, and then they would have to do a sign-in trade with Grant Williams to huh. just have the salary match. That's a lot. I mean, Adam Grant is pushing it, and yeah, I know because I respect the Celtics. I know I'm I'm trying to get the most for Lillard from their side, but that's asking a lot. I don't know. I just, I but, mean, I don't see Portland uh, appeasing him and sending him to Miami just because he wants to go there. I mean, a lot of people want to go to Miami. Right. I'm not, I'm not screwing, I'm not screwing my team up to uh, make you happy, Dan. If you want to quit on us, you're going to go where we send you. You're going where we send you. That's it. You just resigned with us. You, you promised multiple times you weren't going to leave, and now you want to go to Miami. Cool. So maybe we'll send you to Miami. Yeah, where's the logic in that? Mo- you're going to go where we get the most for you, and that's that's the business. So, you know, Chris, I guess to answer your question from earlier, I would say probably your be- the best case scenario right now is somehow Miami 
works and makes it happen. But the problem is finding that third team and finding a team that's actually going to be willing to take on. I mean, I guess Boston would be willing to do it because isn't Hero a point guard? Or is he a shooting he's kind of guard? A yeah, he's a little bit of both. Almost like Anthony Simons on the Blazers. He's like a almost like Brogdon. I mean, he can do either one. I don't think he's yeah. extraordinary at either. He's he's like a perfect spark plug six man. That's and he's such, huh. such a massive contract. That's why it's kind of a, he plays no defense and he's shorter. So he's kind of a turnoff. But that contract, you'd think he'd be more in demand. His contract, people aren't really sweating. They're not trying to really get here on the market right now. You yeah. know, what kind of kills his value? That contract. He's getting paid like a superstar. He's actually just like an awesome six man. He's not a superstar. So it's like you have you add him. So it seems right. kinda teams aren't really eyeballing Carroll right now. Yeah. I would have said Memphis, but Memphis they not only do they have they a job, smart. but now they have Josh. Marcus Smart, so Desmond Bain. Yeah, they're they're all set. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I guess maybe maybe Brooklyn might be it might be that third team to watch out for. Yeah, Brooklyn or maybe maybe Boston if they decide to get involved because I know uh, they're trying yeah, to offload yeah. Brogdon's contract. So he'd be nice in Boston as a six man. He'd be sick. <laughs> a little bit better, maybe a little bit better than Brogdon. I like both of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hey Chris, I want to br- I want to bring this up to you because I know I know you're a Golden State fan. Uh, what are your thoughts on Draymond Green going back, uh, getting paid twenty five million per year to basically do nothing? Chris, are you there? Hey, we lost him. I think, I think he might. I think he might have stepped away, possibly. Um, Hopefully, he'll be back. Yeah, Draymond Green, four years, a hundred million. That was the very first deal that they announced at the start of free agency. Huh. They wanted to keep him around one more run, like we've talked about. I mean, they overpaid. Yeah. A lot of these guys are getting overpaid. They didn't want him to leave, so they paid him. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. I just, I guess, I, uh, Lou, well, Lou, what do you take of this contract? Because four years, a hundred mil. I mean, I would say that's kind of a drastic overpay, honestly. You know, for a guy oh, who, for for a guy who's never really been a premier power forward you know yeah he's, he's been more of a role player if anything as opposed to an actual star. he's not worth it he's not worth that kind of money at least i don't think so yeah i don't know i don't know what what do you what do you think about it alex i mean 25 I 25 mil per year yeah and i think he's he's a real uh benefactor he's he's Gets a lot of help with the system. I guess he's almost like a system player because the offense they run, apparently, you know, he's always feeding the ball. And, like, he, I don't know how – I don't know if he'll be his best in, on some of those teams because he does a lot of almost, like, facilitating and, and setting picks with uh, 
setting up these three-point bombers in Steph and Clay. And if he if he goes to a team without those sharpshooters, you know, I don't know. Uh, he doesn't put up much stats. So I don't know if other teams would have paid him that much. Maybe he was flirting, acting like he was going to leave. I, I I don't think he was really going to leave, though. Maybe maybe the Lakers had a shot, but, yeah, the Warriors wanted to make sure, you know, they overpaid. Maybe they got a little bit scared, and they, they threw the bank at him. I, I totally agree with Lou, though. It's, it's too yeah. much money. He's already on the downside. For him. But, again, if they offer yeah. two, he might have said, you know what, screw you guys. No, I'm not, I'm not signing. So, you know, maybe he kind of had him by the you-know-what. He got what he wanted. Right. Because they didn't want to break up the big you, know, you know, I thought that contract was asinine, and then I saw the Jeremy Grant contract. I got to tell you, I, I, know, yeah. I, know you're a, I know you're a Blazers fan, Alex. I know you're a Blazers fan. That's but I got to tell yeah, you, uh, good luck with trying to move that contract. And, and seriously, I mean, you got to be kidding me. It's a double low blow because that's literally last year, game was, Respect, but quietly saying, oh, apparently really good friends with Jeremy Grant. They train a lot. Jeremy Grant's from uh, Oregon, from Portland. But doesn't rebound, doesn't really play defense. <laughs> he put up big numbers on a, a, a terrible Detroit team. He's really not he's, – he's a good player. He's not, I mean, $150 million deal. But anyways, apparently after the draft, game was saying, oh, I'll probably stay, just bring back Nurkic to center and bring back my buddy Jeremy Grant. Last night they signed Jeremy Grant for $150 million. This morning, Lillard demands a trade. Right after they signed his buddy. <laughs> so now it's like they're oh, rebuilding, but now Nurkic. they're stuck. <laughs> they're stuck and in this Nurkic contract. Too, and Nurkic they're rebuilding. Too is going to be in, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, Nur- and Nurkic is going to be included, too, in that, uh, I mean, in that he, trade. He's like, if you want me to be happy and stay in Portland, you got to re-sign Jeremy Grant. They give Grant way too much money. And then the next morning, Lord says, you know what, actually, please trade me. <laughs> they're, trying to, like, they're probably trying to get out of that contract with Jeremy Grant now. It's too late. Yeah. They faxed it in. <laughs> we bring your right. buddy back and now you're leaving <laughs> overpay for your buddy and then you hit the road crazy I, that, that's why that's another reason uh, watch it could take months they're not going to just move him this weekend to make him happy they're not making it an easy trip to Miami no. they're going to look around the whole league for a couple months and get the best deal possible I really believe that yeah I would find, you know I, I would I would be very surprised. I'll put it this way. I see Harden getting moved right now before I see Damian Lillard getting moved. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that, definitely. Unless hardball, things man. move at such a fast pace, unless yeah. things move at such a fast pace where uh, everything, you know, they're able to find a third team so quickly, but I just don't. I think I, I agree. I agree with you. I think I think it's going to take. A, I think it's going to take quite a bit. Like a small market team, man. Out the furthest, the furthest team on the map. You know, way out there in the Pacific Northwest. The small market. You know, teams, are, superstars aren't demanding to fly out there and and be wooed. You know, it's hard to attract big name players out there. They got the face of franchise. Right. Definitely the best, the best blazer of all time, Mister Loyalty. Apparently, ten plus right. players, top seventy five. Blah blah blah. Now. So you think they're they're not going to be in a rush to move him? And I'm sorry, Dan, you you went back on your word. So we're not we're not going to just bend over and ship you to Miami for free. I mean, it could take months. It's gonna, I don't know if it's going to get messy. I don't know if he sits out, but I think he's going to be a Blazer mm-hmm. for at least a month while they try to figure it out. Do you guys think he'll get moved somewhat quickly, or you think it'll stall out? It'll stall out. 
Uh, I think I think if he does get moved, it'll be before the season. It'll be before the start of the season, before the start of camp. I can see that. Yep. Pardon? Uh, I think. Let's see. Some of the other. Oh, you you had touched on Harden before. Do you have an idea where you think you might see him uh, signing? Uh, the rumor is he's I, he wants to go to the Clippers, but like I said earlier, I just don't see who the Clippers have to offer in either a Lillard yeah, or a uh, Harden deal. Yeah. Uh, he either wants to he wants to go to the Clippers or. He wants to. Uh, there's a possibility. I've I've been told, or I've I've read. I should say I've read. Do not do not rule out him staying and extending with Philly. Wow. Do not rule it out. Interesting. Because it is a possibility that maybe perhaps. Uh, Maybe perhaps uh, cooler heads will prevail a little bit, and you know he'll essentially uh, he'll essentially decide to give the process a go under Nick Nurse. Uh, but literally looking at Looking at this roster, you've got obviously your top, your starting five for the Clippers. You got you got Westbrook, who by the way signed. Uh, you want to talk about how the mighty have fallen? Two years, seven point yeah. nine mil total. How the mighty have fallen? A guy who was once considered an MVP candidate, uh, and actually didn't he win MVP at one point? I think. Yes. I think so, yeah. Yeah, uh, 2017, uh, MVP Westbrook. Okay, so a former MVP. You want to talk about how far somebody yeah. can fall. He was making big money, 40 mil per season on his last contract. Now, two years, 7.9 mil total. How the mighty have fallen. It happens. Yeah. So, but you have Russell Westbrook, you have Paul George, you have Kawhi Leonard, you have Nicholas Batum, and you have Ivica Zubac right now as your starting five in L.A. Then on the bench, you have Norman Powell, you have Marcus Morris, you have Robert Covington, you have Terrence Mann, Amir Koff Highland, uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. Or actually, no, they might have traded Kenyon Martin. Actually, uh, let me look real quick. Is he or am I thinking of a? Di- I'm. I might be thinking of a different Martin. Um. Oh no no no! They just acquired him. Yeah, from Houston. They oh, just acquired him today from Houston. So you do have Kenyon Martin Jr. You have Brandon Boston. And you have Jason Preston right now. And honestly, I just don't see anybody that would be attractable to Philly, except maybe a reuniting with uh, with Covington, maybe. Mm. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, they just just not a good match right now. They're so yeah. filled with veterans. Philly certainly doesn't need Zubox. They got Embiid. Not a good trading partner again, just like Miami. It's going to be interesting. These guys want to go to places where those places don't really have the trade ships. So it's going to be really interesting. And I to see the top and I play. think the reason I think the reason why we've seen Houston spend as much as they have this off season so far is because they were told that uh, James Harden doesn't want to go to Houston anymore. He doesn't know where he wants to go because every year he can change his mind. That's the problem. <laughs> True. He wants to see every city. He can't just stay in one spot. I mean, really. I mean, but still, though, Houston took what money they could have given Harden, and instead they went out and got Fred Van Vliet. Three years, yeah. $130 million. You're You're seriously putting $43 million per year to a guy who had a couple of good years with Toronto, and that's it. Yeah. Mucho money. What a joke. <sighs> Younger team, though. Van Fleet's been in the trenches. I mean, he does have a ring, so maybe they overpaid to kind of bring in a veteran influence. They have a very young roster, but yeah, still too much money. But I mean, that might be the way they look to justify it. Kind of their yeah. veteran leader now. Dan Fleet's automatically like their captain right away. They're, I mean, mm-hmm. Houston's a bunch of like 20, 21 year old players. They got to be the youngest team. Remember the Thunder, I think. Houston's right there. Yeah. I got. I got to talk. I got to tell you. Houston, with some of the moves that they've that they've made, I mean they they did get uh, they did get Fred VanVleet, but now they're bringing in Dylan Brooks in a sign and trade with Memphis. Which, by the way, by the way, Memphis is getting a gigantic trade exception as part of this deal. Uh, four years, eighty million dollars. You're right. That's gigantic. I mean, that's not even uh, – he's – I don't see him as a 20 – as a player I would pay $20 million per year to, to get. No. No. I mean, I could see Fred Van Vliet as a player I would pay $20 million per year to get, not $30 million. Yeah, like, but yeah. I could see yeah. – I could, I, could, I could see – if I was uh, an owner of a of a team, I could see my I could see myself paying twenty million per year for Fred VanVleet, not for Dylan Brooks. It's almost not like his hard stat line. Had a, such a black eye from his performance. I thought Brooks would like get a prove it deal, like a one year deal with someone just to like save face because he was like embarrassed. They're like, we don't even want him on our team anymore. They publicly said that. So I didn't think he was going to be able to secure a four year deal for eighty. No, I mean that's just like they're desperate for talent in Houston. That's a massive overplay. Like you said, Van Fleet, yeah. you know, a bit much, but you know, kind of a leader, point guard, much much better addition than Dylan Brooks. Right. Uh, let's see, what was the other contract I was looking at? Uh, oh, uh, this one was just announced uh, recently. Dante DiVincenzo to the New York Knicks, four years, $50 million. This guy doesn't even hit double digits. Yeah. 
and he's getting what would this round out to? He's getting twelve and a half mil per year. So this guy doesn't even hit double digits. Uh, wow. Yeah, go figure that one out. Another Villanova guy. Brunson, Josh Hart, and Steve Vincenzo. Maybe they're just going to be called the Villanova Knicks now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, it, it, the reason why is to, is to reunite him with Brunson. That's why. Exactly. Yeah. Or no, not Brunson. And that is pretty cool. Um, Steve Vincenzo becomes their sixth man. And he, he can come. Well, yeah, Brunson and Hart. All three went to Villy, Villanova. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It I mean, he Hart could be their sixth man. Yeah. And then he can he can come in and play guard, and, and Josh Hart can play uh, forward too. So they could have all three of them on the yeah. court. So it'll probably be a six man, but still, I mean, too too much money. Come on, like you said, he didn't even hit double digits. Come on. Right. Yeah. Throwing around. <laughs> By the way, uh, Lou, you can tell Lou, you can tell Diane that the uh, Devils are discussing a deal with Zach Parise. So Parise may be going back to uh-huh. New Jersey. Oh, she'll love that. To eventually, to a, probably for his final year, for for him to then retire as a devil. Mm. Wow, so it's gonna cause it's gonna be the end, huh? Well, okay. I mean, he is up there in age, so yeah, he is. If it's not if it's not his final year, it'll be one of his last final years, right? Let's see. Some of the other contracts that have been given out here. Jacob Hurdle, uh, or Jakob Hurdle, uh, I guess, uh, as he's pronounced, four years, $80 million to Toronto. He's staying in Toronto. Honestly, kind of makes sense for the production that he puts up, not just offensively, but also defensively. Uh, that yeah. does kind of make sense. Um Cam Johnson, four years, 108 mil to stay in Brooklyn. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of expected it. I kind of expected that that's probably what he would get, uh, you know, considering that Brooklyn is trying to trying to rebuild now. And, I mean, they traded away Joe Harris for a couple of second-round picks. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll do. Uh, yeah, you know, a little bit about maybe uh, – they're talking a little bit about with uh, Portland about Lillard as a possible destination yeah. behind Miami. I do, uh, you know, possibly. maybe draft picks. And I'd, talk, I'd love uh, Nick Claxton, a young center, and Cam Johnson for James. That could be a deal. Maybe if Miami doesn't yeah, work out, I don't know I don't if know. they would move. I don't know if they would move Claxton though, because otherwise they don't have anybody yeah. in the center. Yeah, it's true. Game and Miles Bob Bridges are really like best friends. Who, who knows? Whenever these guys want to go to a different team, apparently they have like forty. You know, wherever they want to go, they're best friends with a couple of the players. Apparently, <laughs> like okay, yeah. I mean, if I were the Nets, I'd stay young and I wouldn't move those pieces. I think the Nets have a bright future. They have a hundred different draft picks. They got Claxton, Bridges, and Johnson. They got some nice young pieces. Yeah, because I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at their roster right now. And honestly, I just I don't see Pat. Well, actually, no. This is last season's roster. Hang on, let me get. 
They they uh, they traded Patty Mills to the Rockets, so they don't have Patty Mills anymore. Uh, they lost, uh, or they had traded Joe Harris to the Pistons. They did sign Dennis Smith Jr. to a one-year deal. I don't know. I'm trying to find what their roster looks like right now. I think Foxman's got a chance to be a really good center. He's really just getting started in his career. Yeah, Bridges and Johnson. I mean, they did. I still think they did a decent job. They got a million draft picks. I mean, they were losing KD and Kyrie and all those head cases anyways. They got some good players in return. But they can yeah. do much better than what they did. They did, they did what they uh, could. They do still have... They do still have Ben Simmons. They got Oof. Cam Johnson, obviously extended. Uh, Mikal Bridges, they have. They got Dinwiddie. They got Dorian Finney-Smith. They got Claxton still. Royce O'Neal. They don't have Patty Mills anymore. Uh, they got Cameron Thomas. They got Royce O'Neal. Excuse me. Royce O'Neal. Yeah, group. Edmund Sumner, Dayron Sharp, Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, honestly, if they were to bring in Lillard, they can't use Ben Simmons unless it's just to match salary because Simmons basically has no value whatsoever. I mean, they would have to give up Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie and Cam Johnson. No, they wouldn't give up Johnson. They, They wouldn't sign him to the deal they just did just to give them up right now, I don't think. I mean, maybe they'd give up Mikel Bridges maybe because considering both him and Johnson play the same position. Yeah, kind of redundant. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. mm -hmm. Bridges is young. I'd really want Claxton, but again, the money, the contracts don't match up. It's just, it's really complicated. Not like yeah. back in the day when you can just swap players out, you know, hanging out with your friends. Oh, I'll do this for that. Like, these contracts are crazy. We really got to match these numbers up. It's, it's tough. Yeah, it's uh, – that's the problem with a Lillard deal is you got to make sure that the, that the, the contracts ma- – the salaries match up. And honestly, you know, I just – there's there's not too many players on Brooklyn's roster that would entice me. What would entice me would be the first round the bevy of first round picks that they have. Yeah. But well, I mean, you know, Brooklyn a, honestly a really good young backcourt. So I mean, get really good. Portland's best two young players, Shaden Sharp and Scoot, the new pick. They're both guards. So and Portland right now, think about it. If they're, they're rebuilding now. They got a really good, really good young backcourt. Two awesome young players in the, as guards. They need size. Cam Johnson on a wing, and then Claxton, Claxton at center. I mean, they would do that in a second if the if the contracts matched up. I'm sure Portland would love uh, Cam and Claxton. But uh, yeah, the, the numbers just don't match up. No, they really don't. No. Well, I mean, that'd be awesome in Brooklyn, man. Game with uh, Bridges, that'd be fun. I'd be excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Some other deals. Uh, Chris Middleton, he stays in Milwaukee. 
uh, three years, 102 mil. Uh, the third year includes a player option. Kyrie Irving, three years, 126 yeah. mil. I remember we talked about this <laughs> earlier today. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that I was going to bring up uh, before before some. Uh, I, I forget who it was. I think I think the guy's name was Kevin. Uh, was talking about it. Um, yeah. The problem with Kyrie Irving is. I would not be surprised at all, honestly. I, I agree with what you had said, Alex, on, on the pod. I would not be surprised at all if during this first year he has a sour taste in his mouth and, he's, and he has uh, some sort of, uh, some sort of uh, buyer's remorse in, in staying with, with Dallas. Because that's good. I, I signed so quickly. The, the, yeah. I said he wanted L.A. He signed so quickly. I didn't think he was happy in Dallas. So what's going to make him happy a couple months from now? Uh, weird. I, I think it's a matter of time before there's a meltdown again. There will be a meltdown. Yeah. yeah you know, uh, what I originally thought was that Dylan Brooks, you know, they were targeting Dylan Brooks oh, okay. uh, yeah. to bring in. And I was thinking – you know, this just has a combustible element written all over it that, you know, you want to talk about the battle of the egos, uh, have Kyrie and Dylan Brooks on the same team. If you want to talk about a battle of egos. Uh, but yeah, now Dylan Brooks is with Houston. I, I mean, you know, ultimately what Kyrie wants is he wants a chance to, to contend. I mean, granted, he would have gotten that with Brooklyn, but uh, – not only content, but he also – who knows what the hell is going on in Kyrie's head. Uh, I think it kind of helps. You know, I, I don't want to bring politics into this. I don't want to bring politics into this, but I kind of think he's a Republican. So him being in a state like Texas kind of helps for, yeah, his, uh, for his mental state, I guess you could say. Could be. Yeah. So, I just I thought he was unhappy last year, and then I, I was thinking, you know, like you said, who who knows? If anyone's guessed what he, what's going through his head at any given moment, but I thought he would be at least trying to get back to you know go to L.A. to be with LeBron. Didn't seem happy. That that was really going south last year with Dallas, and then he quickly re-signs with him. It's like this is not going to end well. Yeah, <laughs> like they weren't in love. Why are they still together here? Like he was he was not happy playing with Luca. Luca was not no. happy, and then they like immediately sign him. I was re-sign him. I was like, "Whoa!" I, I did not see that one coming at all. I thought he was gone. Yeah, you know the whole the whole thing with LA is weird because they went out and got Gabe Vincent. They signed Austin Reeves yeah. to a max extension. They brought back D'Angelo Russell for two years at thirty-seven mil. Oh, do they have a salary? Jeez. Huh? I mean, do they have the same salary cap that other teams have? They're just like, oh, I'll bring you in. I'll bring you in. We already have LeBron and AD. What's your salary cap? Like eighty billion? I mean, they spent like two hundred million this weekend. They brought in Vincent. They brought in who else? They re-signed Rui. They maxed out. Why uh, Reeves. bring back Westbrook? Reeves, Russell, Gabe Vincent, Rui, I'm forgetting someone else. And they already have AD and LeBron. I'm just thinking, what, 
they're, they're capping. Damn. Yeah. Uh, Westbrook, Westbrook. Uh, I don't think they would be bringing back uh, Lou because uh, he was content on staying with the Clippers the yeah. entire time. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, there is unconfirmed though, but they still have the mid-level taxpayer uh, that they can use, and it sounds like they're targeting Eric Gordon with that. So, what I'm trying to get, and plus they got Cam Reddish too, along with yes. signing uh, Rui Hachimura. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. they had the money if they wanted to go out there and get Kyrie. Wow. They could have gotten him. So something must have happened where they decided that, because I know they were trying to get him at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. but they ultimately ended up not getting him. Uh, something, yeah. Somebody must have. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, not Jeannie, uh, either Jeannie Buss or mm-hmm. – uh, mm-hmm. Or Cupcheck overruled overruled the uh, the possibility. Mm. Right. Like, oh, we're good with Kyrie. We're, we're good. We don't need the drama. Kyrie might want to come here, but yeah, uh, the doors are locked. No, thank you. Yeah. Um. Let's see, some of the other contracts uh, around here. Uh, Oshai Brissett uh, nailed a two-year minimum salary deal to go to the Boston Celtics, which makes sense because it provides a little bit of depth uh, behind Jason Tatum, and uh, especially if Grant Williams doesn't come back. Uh, from what I've been, from what I've read, they are taking a wait and see approach with Grant Williams. They're going to have him come back to them with an offer that he's gotten from another team, and then they'll choose whether or not to match it. Uh, Bruce Brown, two years, forty-five million dollars with the Indiana Pacers. You want to talk about a, you want to talk about an example of winning a championship and then taking the bag. The, mm-hmm. That's basically what Bruce Brown did. He didn't that's give a fuck what team he went to. He didn't give a fuck what team he went to. He just went to the team that probably offered him the most money. Of course. Yeah, he maximized his value. Win that ring and cash it in, cash that chip in. He made a lot of money in that final. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Denver did keep Reggie Jackson, though, two years, ten and a quarter million. Kristaps uh, Porzingis, he agreed to a two-year, $60 million extension with Boston. Saves them about $17 million. Which, I, I mean, he's honestly, be really you know, Got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy, but a lot of talent. Yeah. Yeah, it's the th- the thing with Porzingis. I would rather have this contract, knowing that uh, okay, he's going to be in Boston for three years, because uh, this obviously mm-hmm. doesn't go into effect until after the end of this year. I would rather have Porzingis at this contract than have mm-hmm. than be the Knicks and have Dante DiVincenzo at his deal, 
because yeah. you're going to get more production. You're going to get more production out of Porzingis throughout the duration of his deal, whether he's healthy or not, than right. what you're going to get out of uh, DiVincenzo. Yeah, I mean, he, he could be a real impact. He could be a real impact player. DiVincenzo is a nice piece. KP could be a star if he's staying healthy. He's, he's a real game changer. Got to be on the court. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, you know, here's a, here's a team who actually made some moves. Cleveland. They got George's Niang from, uh, from three years, 26 mil. They re-signed Karis LeVert, two years, 32 mil. And they also got Max Struess from the Miami Heat in a sign-in trade. With Miami, and there's also a third team. I forget who the third team was, but uh, four years, 64 mil with with uh, with Cleveland. So it kind of makes you wonder: Does this mean Darius Garland is on his way out of Cleveland? Because yeah, they might want, all of they might want to have Donovan Mitchell kind of running the point there. Brown Mitchell with shooters. Now yeah. you got the truth. And uh, right. the end, they already have Mobley and Allen. They have great big men, good defenders. I mean, the Cavs could be really, really good. They added two really good shooters, and they needed shooters. I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland, they they've just been making they've been making moves, and they made moves early in yeah. this free agent market too. They'd be really dangerous. Hey, you know, I mean, they were good last year. Yeah, you know, go, going back to Miami for a minute here. Uh, yeah. When we were talking about who Miami might have to offer, I mean, they're looking at Josh Richardson right now as their starting point guard. Josh uh-huh. Richardson. <laughs> yeah. A dude who's basically been a bench player his entire career. Yeah. Uh, they re-signed yeah. Kevin Love to a two-year deal. Uh I mean, you know, the, if you don't want to give up Caleb Martin, you're going to have to do better. You're going to have to do better than than uh, Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they might have to back here. The run yeah. Miami's not sitting that pretty right now. They've lost a lot. They lost Vince. They lost Cruz. They've lost a few people. They did also get Thomas Bryant, uh, two years, five point four mil. So they did they did sign uh they did sign Thomas Bryant, uh, which kind of makes you it kind of makes you wonder a little bit if maybe perhaps uh, I, I believe tomorrow. He would be he would be obviously a backup for Bam Adebayo, but I, it kind of makes me wonder too if they would high stack might get a little bit of playing time as well next year. Maybe a little bump in play time in particular. Uh, Brooke Lopez, two years, forty eight mil to the Milwaukee Bucks to stay with Milwaukee. I know. I know Houston was offering him 40 mil for two years, but my God, you know, 
to, to pay him 24 mil per season, <laughs> honestly, for his stats, I just – I don't know if I would pay somebody like Brooke Lopez 24 – well, you know, no, I, no. I don't know if I would pay that much money for a guy who's 35 going on 36. Now, granted, he's an NBA champion, but he right. put up – he put up 15.9 points per game, the highest he's put up since 2016-2017, his final year in Brooklyn. Yes. He put up 15.9 15 points per game. Uh, granted, he did shoot a career-high 37.4% from three, but mm -hmm. and he did shoot 53.1% from the field. But I don't know if that, you know, uh, 15.9 points per game to go with 6.7 rebounds and two and a half assists per game. I don't know if that is enough. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That was blocks. Uh, two and a half blocks per game, 1.3 right. assists per game. I don't know if that's enough to convince, to convince me to give him $48 million for two years. Yeah, I mean, it's not, they like him on the big that stretches the floor, but it gives a lot of room for Giannis because he brings his man out to the three-point line. So he's kind of a unique center. But, yeah, we've talked about it before, Stephen Liu. I mean, he's not not the most athletic guy. He's kind of an ogre. He kind of no. fits Miami, or, sorry, he kind of fits the Bucks well. You know, they've won it all with him. So it, it's an overpay. I think it's just more for, like, their system. They kind of gave him what he wanted. They didn't want to see him go. I, I I mean, you know, now that you put it, I guess it kind of makes sense that he can stretch the floor like he can. Maybe that, maybe that's partially why he's getting I, more. I, I'm not a big Brooks fan either, as you know. But like, the more I read yeah. about him, I guess he just kind of the best he can be is definitely in that, in that offense because he really gives room for right. freak. So, I mean, if you put him on another team, it's like Draymond, not nearly as good, but he's he's pretty good in Milwaukee. So, you know, they kept him around. They overpaid, but I don't know, decent move. Yeah, uh, Lou. What, Lou, what are your thoughts on Mil on Milwaukee uh, overpaying to bring back Brooke Lopez? And well, I can't really call Chris Middleton an overpay, although injury is an issue oh. there. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Milwaukee um, keeping an aging core yeah, around uh, around Giannis Antetokounmpo? Yeah, I mean, building around, you know, a dinosaur core, I don't think it's going to help you win a championship. I mean, you need to go after new people uh, to stay competitive. You know, you're you're relying on old people. That, they're like, you know, they're past their prime. Uh, they only probably about like, two good three years left in them. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a mistake. And, I mean, Lopez for crying about it. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> And, and plus, and plus, you got Drew, you got Drew Holiday making thirty five million going into his age thirty five season as well. So, uh -huh. I, I remember Lopez. I mean, granted, I mean, that guy just wasn't throw up a lot of. I guess he's gotten better. Oddly, as he has, a lot yeah. older. Because he used to just. I mean, I remember he wouldn't rebound or play defense. He'd just stand around in the corner at seven foot one and like just shoot up bricks. I was like, he's. I thought he sucked as a net. So, I mean, Lopez, Lopez kind of, I don't know, he's literally just good on Milwaukee for whatever, for that, I guess for that, that reason with Giannis. Yeah, no, he has all around, he has gotten better. Uh, 
because I, I do remember those. I do remember those years in uh, in. In Brooklyn or New Jersey, technically, and how bad he was. Uh, you know, I, I still remember people saying that. You know, talking talking about a waste of uh, like a waste of uh, of talent for a player that what talent? You know, for for a player for a player who was drafted where he where he got drafted, and. Yeah. You know, never really, never really lived up to, you know, yeah. the place that he to, to the uh, spot that he was drafted at. Where yeah. you draft somebody that high, and they're supposed to, you know, they're supposed to be worth drafting them at that spot. Absolutely. And then once he left Brooklyn. You know, all of a sudden he started be he started uh, being quite you know a lot better of a player than what than what Brooklyn got out of him. What do you guys think of Middleton? I mean, as you touched upon, Middleton's kind of a key piece. They brought him back. Ah, Milwaukee's still pretty damn good. Uh, yeah, Middleton. The only thing that worries me is his is his injury history. Definitely, definitely. I mean, if he's healthy, he's definitely worth the money. But I, you know, when he came back from when he came back from injury this past season, I don't know. It just he didn't seem like the same lethal shooter that he had been before the injury. I mean, this was – he had the worst three-point shooting of his career since his rookie year when he was in Detroit. Yeah. Where like he only shot – wasn't quite, wasn't quite himself. They almost like rushed him back this year. Looked, he looked a little yeah, off. He only shot 31 – he only shot 31%. Yeah. From three. Wow. Yeah, it's not typical uh, middle – not at all. Now, granted, you know, that was – he did only play in 33 games because sure. of injury. Yeah. You know, I, I guess it's definitely – you know, he had he, his points per game did go down by a little bit, by about five points per game, points per game. Uh, on average. So, I think he is. He, I think he's definitely worth the money. My only yep. worry is whether or not he can stay healthy. Yeah, that's it. Because if he can stay healthy, he's definitely worth the money. And, hey, I mean, we all saw it with our own eyes, right? I mean, if healthy, maybe Bud doesn't get fired. I mean, they were as, almost as good as anyone once again in the East. So, you know, yeah. if you stay healthy this year, the Bucks are as dangerous as anyone. Love them or hate them. I mean, you got, they're, they're still recent champions, and they still have that really good core together. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Some of the other deals, Derek Rose to the Memphis Grizzlies for two years. Uh, the money, I – didn't really get to see what the money was. 
I'll, I'll say, you know, I'll say this, Rose, that's pretty much just depth, considering they have Marcus Smart, uh, John Morant once he comes back. Uh, but Derek Rose, honestly, you know, I said, I said this when I was commenting on a uh, YouTube video earlier this week. I would rather take a shot uh, with Kemba Walker again than bring in Derek Rose. I mean, right. Rose's knees are just absolutely shot at this point in his yeah. career. So this two years, you know, he could, Yeah, he's a mentor. Yeah, he could, uh, oh, oh, it was six. And, it just, was six and a half mil. Yeah, no, I just quickly checked it up. It was similar to the Westbrook deal, but yeah, I mean, Rose is really just like a a player coach. Unfortunately, man, I mean, his knees are just ravaged. But he can mentor a guy like John Morant right there. I mean, yeah, he, he, he definitely body. could. He could do the Udonis Haslam role, except he would play more than Haslam. Yeah, but, he'd still play a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he would definitely he would play more than Haslam, but I mean, in all you know, in all honesty, I just don't. Unless, unless he were to play in dire situations, like if they desperately needed. A point guard, like maybe he would play maybe ten minutes a night or something. Otherwise, yeah. I just I don't see I don't see him putting a productive uh, a putting up a productive season on a consistent basis for games yeah. this season. Yeah, and it, it's all because of those needs. Yeah, I mean, hopefully I'm wrong. If he, you know, if they were to get uh, early New York, or, you know, early New York yeah. Knicks version of uh, of uh, Derrick Rose. You know, that would be the perfect addition for them, especially yeah. until John Morant returns. But I just, I just don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. I like this. Uh, it, it almost seems like he would be more of a mentor, if anything, at this point. Yeah, he's one of the, the status cases of just absolutely getting really wrecked by injuries. I mean, he that guy was you know, one of the best ever as a, as a bull, and then he still showed really good flashes, like he said, as a Nick, but then, I mean, the injuries just kept getting. I mean, unfortunately, he's just a shell of his former self. Hopefully he can, hopefully he yeah, can find Yeah, it's unfortunate. Here. Hopefully he can play a couple minutes here and there, and maybe he finds a spark again. But, you know, those knees, man, they're, they're, they're banged up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Brooklyn. They lost. Uh, Brooklyn lost Steph Curry to Dallas on a two-year deal worth about a little yeah, more yeah. than four million dollars uh, total. Uh, Oklahoma City finally got one of their draftees to come over, Vasilji Vasilji Micic, a three-year, twenty-three and a half million dollar deal with Oklahoma City. So, and apparently this this guy is supposed to be the real deal, uh, Michich, that is. Um, they get him considering and he was. They're adding him. Yeah, he was originally Wow. He was originally drafted in the with the fifty second pick 
in the 2014 NBA draft by the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, And his draft rights were then sent to Oklahoma City as part of a deal that sent Danny Green to the 76ers Mm -hmm. back in 2020. Now at the age yeah. of, at the age of uh at the age of twenty nine they finally signed him to a deal. After years of him playing Yeah, uh two time huh? Euroleague champion, two time Euroleague Final Four MVP, MVP of the two thousand twenty one yep. finals, Serbian Cup MVP. So he's a he's a combo guard. Now there's Josh Giddy, Gabe Gilgis, Alexander and this guy. And then they have Chet Holmgren. Damn. Yeah. It's a great young team. This guy's kind of like a good veteran. That's, that's the biggest sign of a good American free agent. That's huge. If he translates over. Uh, yeah, that's good. 17, or, or yeah, he averaged just last season, uh, a year ago, he averaged 18.2 points per game. This year, he averaged 16 points per game. Uh, about 3.2 rebounds and 5.4 assists per game while shooting 43% from the field, 43.5% from the field, including 35.7% from three. So, I mean, I guess we'll see how well he developed since he was drafted because, yeah. You know, you never really. Know. I mean, there's been some players who have who have translated well from coming overseas. I mean, uh, Luka Doncic is the perfect example. Ginobili, uh, Ginobili, uh, Daniel Tice to an extent. From uh, yeah. you know, he played from playing with Boston and then with Chicago, and now with the uh, Pacers, I think. But yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll see. Maybe Michich can actually can actually uh, be something in Oklahoma City, but it's going to be kind of tough, though, considering all yeah. the ta- all the young talent that they have. It'd be a good veteran to add in. But, He's twenty-nine. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, this guy, this guy's money, resume, though. this guy's this guy's resume is kick ass. I mean, this guy's been one of the best players in Europe for years. So it's not like he's coming in, you know, with a language barrier. It's not like he's 21 years old. So this guy could – he might yeah. come in right away and, and, and score 15 a game. I mean, he sounds like he's ready to, ready to rock in, in the league. Pretty polished, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Javon Carter, three years, 20 mil to Chicago. That right there tells yeah. me that Lonzo Ball is not good at all. He's that not. tells me right there that Lonzo Ball that they are very concerned about Lonzo Ball's uh, health. That knee is not healing apparently. It, yeah, He's if they're well committing hurt. that much to a backup point guard. Yeah, not exactly a good place. I mean, Carter's like a bench guy, like a journeyman. So, man, the Bulls are in a tough, tough spot right now. Not the best signing. Uh, not just that. Who else did they sign? They signed somebody else. Oh, they signed they uh, signed Kobe White three years, forty mil, and I think they had one other one, but I can't find it right now. Signed Vucevic. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did re-sign Vucevic. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Um. 
Yeah, speaking of international Oh, I was just going to quickly say, speaking of international guys, um, another guy to keep an eye on is uh, the Kings, Sacramento, signed a guy who's um, like just as good, apparently, as the Thunder, who we were just talking about. So there could be two really good older uh, international players for the Thunder and the Kings next year. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, this guy's apparently really good. He's a big man. Yeah, they're saying he could start right away for the Kings. And the Kings, obviously, already a really good team suddenly. So that could be pretty exciting, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The other – yeah, Dennis Schroeder, two years, 26 mil to Toronto. So he's basically their their replacement for Fred Van Vliet. Huh. Essentially. Uh, also – Patrick uh, yeah. Patrick Beverly, one year, three point two mil with Philly, and Harrison Barnes re-signed with Sacramento, three years, fifty four point six mil. Uh, Jeff Green, talk about talk about a uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I was trying to remember if he if he had been with the Rockets before. I don't think he's been with the Rockets before, but uh, he did sign one year, six mil. Wow. Has he? That's good. Got another good veteran for them. Young team. That's a good signing for them. And, and you know, it's, it's weird because originally uh, it was mentioned that he would stay with Denver, but the Rockets must have come in last minute and outbid for him. Yes. And they got your guy. They got Aimu Duck out there. Rockets are making some moves. Yeah. Dan, uh, over going. To the, going over to the NHL, uh, <laughs> I was going to talk about this earlier, but now – now I should now we're, we'll dive into the NHL free agency because oh my god uh, some of these deals uh-huh. we'll just put it that way uh, Dmitry Orlov two years seven and three quarter million dollars uh, average annual value no wonder why he didn't go back to Boston that yeah. is a massive overpay. By at least three million per year by Carolina. Massive overpay. I mean, just to just to have a little bit of a comparison for other defensemen on the market, Carson Soucy yeah. went to Vancouver three years, three and a quarter mil average annual value. Eric Johnson went to Buffalo for one year, three and a quarter mil. Uh, Luke Shen went to Nashville, three years, two and three-quarter mil average annual value. Yeah. Uh, Ian Cole went to Vancouver, one year, three mil. I mean, there's uh, he's by far the biggest paid defenseman on the market, on this year's market, at seven and three-quarter million per year. Wow. <laughs> Hell, even Bowen Byram, uh, he signed an extension with Colorado, two years at three point eight five million per year. 
and Byram is a Stanley Cup champion. You're not seeing him get right. that type of money. No, no, you're not. Now, grant, now, granted, Orlov is a Stanley Cup champion too, but still, you know, you're you're not seeing that type of money be given out here. You know, it, it makes me think that Carolina felt that they were going to be outbid, uh, but then again, yeah. here we go again. Uh, they gave Michael Bunting. Yeah three years, four and a half million average annual value. Uh, a left winger, from, formerly of the mm-hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs. And mm-hmm. uh, then again, never mind. That's actually a pretty good deal, I think. 49 points for Bunting, 23 goals, 26 assists. That's never yeah no never mind that's actually a pretty good deal three years at four and a half mil I don't blame Carolina for that one uh, Frederick Anderson stays in Carolina two years three point four mil average annual value uh, makes sense because uh, Anderson is their number one goaltender but I think they kind of got a bit of a discount here I feel that he probably yeah. could have gone a little bit higher in terms of money. Uh, one of the big questions, though, is what was Boston going to do with all their cap problems? Mm. Well, yeah. Let me tell you, I actually yeah. like the moves that Boston made today. All they right. bring in. They bring in James Van Riemsdyk from Philadelphia. One year, $1 million. A second-line winger. At just, now, granted, he did have uh, – he didn't have a pretty good uh, – you know, he didn't really have a good year last year, but I think that's because he just played on a team that sucks, like Philly. Right, he did. Uh, but, I mean, this is a guy – who had been known to put up 50 to 60 point seasons with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes. And last year he only had 29 points, but I think he was playing on like their third or fourth line or something. But this is a guy Uh, who can very easily be a second line winger. So to get him for basically the veteran minimum at only one, at $1 million worth mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, the Bruins signed Milan Lucic to come back to Boston one year, one mil, plus $500,000 that he can make in potential bonuses. Perfect guy that, they, you know, people talked about how the Bruins had lost their grit. They'd lost their toughness. You, yeah. Well, you want to bring back Bruins toughness, bring in Milan Lucic. He'll show you toughness. Uh, and I expect that he's probably going to be handing out quite a few uh, quite a few knuckles yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to different players, to opposing players this year. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk to Boston, one year, $1 million. Granted, he had a bad year last year with Anaheim, but 
he can yeah, still produce as long as he can still produce at a top six defenseman level, I'm all for that. So yeah. that do, that doesn't really bother me at all. Uh, Morgan Geeky to Boston. Two years, two million average annual value. Uh, I mean, in Seattle... How should I how should I uh put this? In Seattle he wasn't really utilized all that well. No. Only twenty eight or actually in uh in his first two years in Seattle he only had fifty points total. Sixteen goals, thirty four assists. Maybe perhaps uh maybe perhaps a, a coach like um like Jim Montgomery might be able right. to get something out of him. I mean, Morgan Geeky, you know, he wasn't qualified. Uh, he wasn't given a qualifying offer. He still is two years away from unrestricted. So I think he'll still be a restricted free agent uh, when he next enters free agency. Yes. So... I mean, I don't really mind it, honestly. No. Uh, Patrick Patrick Brown uh, signed a two-year deal worth about 1.6 mil. So basically, he's getting the minimum for for two years. Uh, the New York Rangers were actually pretty mm-hmm. active, and in my opinion, they kind of had a couple of steals. Jonathan Quick signed to a one-year deal worth about eight in. Eight and a quarter, or $825,000. Honestly, not that bad for a guy who's probably going to be a backup to, uh, for, for, you know, for, um, for the Rangers. I don't think that's a bad move. I'll take it. I'll Blake take Wheeler, it. Blake Wheeler, one year, 800000 Granted, he's probably not the same player as he used to be, but, and, you know, you know, there's there's been rumors that he was a little bit of a locker room cancer in Winnipeg. Uh, but I mean, he put up 55 points last year. If you're getting a 55 point player at eight hundred thousand dollars, that's a steal. Absolutely. Even though he's 36 years old, that's a steal. Hmm. Uh, let's see who else did they get? Uh, Nick Bonino, one year, eight hundred thousand. Good, good depth at the center position. Uh, I think he can play the wing as well, possibly. I think he, I think he's played left wing if I remember correctly. So that's actually uh, that's a good signing for them. Eric Gustafson, one year, eight hundred and uh, eight hundred uh, good depth for for their defense. The one team, though, who uh, – oh, by the way, uh, as far as Patrick Kane goes, looks like he will not make his decision until uh, right before the start of the season. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Doesn't quit. <laughs> I like it, though. Uh-huh. 
the first thing I chose was like really large, beautiful images. Of yeah. Uh, let's and, see. The other, uh, go, staying in New York, though, going to the Islanders, they had a couple of extensions to hand out. First to Ilya Sorokin, uh, eight years, eight and a quarter mil average annual value for their uh, for their Vezina-nominated goaltender. So Sorokin, this, I believe, keeps him until his mid-30s, I think. Yeah, uh, that he'll be with the Islanders. Uh, Pierre Engvall agreed to an extension, seven years, three mil average annual value, as well as Scott Mayfield on their blue line, seven years, three and a half mil. And then Semyon Varlamov uh, as a backup four years, two and three quarter mil. So they're basically set at the goaltender position for at least the next four years. Yeah, they're set there in in between the five stop that. Definitely. Uh, Let's see. Pittsburgh, they've also been busy. Uh, Noel Acciari, three years, two mil average annual yep. value. Ryan Graves to Pittsburgh, six years, four and a half mil average annual value. Honestly, that might be a bit, that may be a potential mistake for Pittsburgh. I don't know if yes. I would have given him six years, but uh, the money is kind of around there. Yes. Tristan Tristan Jari uh, stays in Pittsburgh to be their starting goaltender. Five years, 5.375 mil average annual value. Uh, Alex Netokovic goes to Pittsburgh from Detroit. One year, one and a half mil. He's probably going to be their backup, I think. Uh, Not too sure, considering he spent pretty much all – or at least most of the year last year in the AHL. Uh, Lars yeah. Eller signed with Pittsburgh two years, two, uh, around two and a half mil average annual value. Uh, let's see. Detroit was also pretty busy too. Right. Uh, let's see. All right, yeah. JT Comfer, five years, $5.1 million average annual value for Detroit. Yeah. Uh, They also signed Daniel Sprong. And and now here's the thing. Daniel Sprong made nearly – he had nearly 50 points this year. And yet he only makes – he only gets a one-year, $2 million contract. Seems like a steal. Yeah, it's a big steal, if anything. Uh, Let's see. James Reimer, one year, one and a half mil Mm -hmm. to be 
the backup, I think. Yes. I think he'll be their backup. I'm not sure who their starter is. Uh, Justin Hall, three years mm-hmm. or whole, however you pronounce it, three years, 3.4 mil average annual value. Right. Uh, oh, I also forgot uh, Jester Fast stays in Carolina, two years, 2.4 mil average annual value there. Okay. Uh, right. Alex Kalorn to the Anaheim Ducks, four years, six and a quarter mil. So Tampa Bay loses a huge part of their center core by by losing Alex Kalorn to free agency. Ryan O'Reilly, uh, that's a big loss for Toronto, as Ryan O'Reilly is now going to Nashville, four years, four and a half mil average annual value, which kind of makes sense because Nashville got rid of Matt Duchesne by buying him yep. out, which which that didn't make sense because now that means that they're going to have to pay Matt du- Matt Duchesne like five anywhere from five and a half to six and a half mil per year for the remainder right. of his uh, of his contract. Which, I mean, it made absolutely no sense when they first announced it. So, I don't know. Whatever they're doing in Nashville, I mean, they... Who knows? You don't believe in Brad? Uh, let's see. Some other uh, some other names here. Uh, Miles Wood signed with the Colorado Avalanche for six years, but uh, average annual value is not known as of yet. Um, Mike Riley, uh, he was bought out by Boston, and he signed a one-year, one-mil, so basically uh, – the veteran minimum. Same with uh, Craig Smith and the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Max Pacioretty, this one's interesting, because Max Pacioretty, he originally was, he was traded from Vegas to Carolina, didn't play all, didn't play most of this year because of injury. Now he gets a one-year, $2 million contract with Washington with the chance to earn an extra two mil in bonuses. So that's basically a one-year, $4 million deal for him. And, I mean, if he can still put up the amount of, uh, of production that he, wa- that he was putting for uh, Washington... Yeah, it sounds like a good investment uh, for them. It would be a high, high upside to that. Yeah, potentially. Uh, let's see. John Klingberg, one year, four and a quarter mil to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander Kerfoot signed with Arizona, two years, three and a half mil average annual value. Uh, Arizona also got back Nick Bjugstad. Who they who they traded away at the deadline this year, two years, two point one mil. Uh, 
they also signed or they brought back Troy Stetcher at a one-year, $1.1 million deal. And Jason Zucker, I'm surprised they were able to bring him in, one-year, 5.3 mil. So Arizona's taking quite a few big swings here in free agency to try and try and uh, field a competitive team. Uh, Nathan Bastian, two years, 1.35 average annual value for the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. Um, Garnet Hathaway, two years, 4.7 mil with the Philadelphia Flyers. That's kind of interesting considering the fact that he's mainly a fourth liner. Yeah. And... Normal, you know. Normally, you don't see fourth liners get get over two million dollars per year, but uh, Hathaway is different because Hathaway is actually a disruptor at the same time. So it's not like he sucks. It's just that he's not good enough to be on a top. And I mean, technically, I guess he could pass right. as a uh, as a third line winger, but. Hmm. Let's see. Nico Mikola to Florida, three years, mm-hmm. two and a half mil average annual value. Uh, some other players who signed minimum deals, uh, Sam Steele to Dallas for one year, uh, yeah. Cam Talbot to L.A. for one year. Uh, Trevor Lewis going back to L.A. uh, after all all those years after winning the Stanley Cup with them. Uh, Ryan Poling, one year, 1.4 mil to Philadelphia. Uh, Andreas Englund to L.A., two years, one mil per year. Uh, Let's see. What else do we have? Uh, David Riddich to L.A. for just under a million, about $875,000. We also have Laurent Brassot uh, going back to Winnipeg just after winning the Stanley Cup, uh, going back to the team that made him a backup goaltender. So those uh, those jokes will not go away. Uh, One year, one and three-quarter mil. Yeah, yeah, those jokes are not going to go away. Period. Uh, for everybody that everybody made fun of him for being basically a backup goaltender, uh, yeah. starting in the playoffs for for Vegas before Aiden Hill ended up taking over. Uh, Matt Duchesne, fresh off of his uh, fresh off of his five five and a half to six and a half million dollar buyout from Nashville, he is now going to Dallas for one year at $3 million. So not only is he getting the buyout money per year, but now he's going to be getting a little extra this year in Dallas. Right. Cody Glass, Cody Glass stays in Nashville two years at two and a half mil average annual value. Uh, not bad for a third line center. Uh, Ryan Donato. Yeah, yeah, not too shabby. 
Although I do think I do think that he still has a little bit of. Uh, actually, let me let me look and see because I I do think he still has a little bit of potential that he can live up to. Uh, considering how high of a draft pick he was when he was originally yeah, drafted. Yeah. Uh, let me look and see. Yeah, I mean, well, well, actually, to be fair, he did have his best yeah. year in the NHL this past year, 35 points, uh, okay. 14 goals, 21 assists, when he was given – a whole season to actually prove what he was worth. So, you know, that's actually a pretty good deal for him. Uh, they're banking, banking on his, uh, they're banking on his, betting on his continued progression. He finally showed something yeah, pretty solid and, this year. And he is still young too. I think, I think he's like 24 years old, so he is still young. Lucky yeah. him. <laughs> if only. Well, I mean, in, ter- in terms of development, you know, he probably has like a couple more years okay. uh, till till he'll basically be at the level that we expect him to be at, essentially. Sure. Like after two more years, you'll be like, okay, this is you know, this is the type of player that he is. This is the type of production that he's going to put up, essentially. Yeah. Uh, we also had Ryan Ryan Donato to Chicago, two years, two mil, average annual value. Uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov also to Winnipeg at two years, two mil, average annual value. So talk about a journeyman. Nemesnikov joins yet yeah. another new team. Yes, around the world. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, let's Jeff see. Tyson Jost. Huh? I was going to say, Jeff, he's Jeff Green on skates. He's been on like 15 different teams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. That, that's right. That's right. That makes, that makes sense with, uh, with him being a journeyman in the NHL and <laughs> Green being a journeyman in the NBA. Different, um, different area, Fed. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Brian Dumoulin to Seattle on a two-year deal worth three, a little over $3 million per year. Uh, Alexander Carrier remains in Nashville, one year, two and a half mil. Uh, Connor Sheary joins Tampa Bay at three years, two mil per year. Uh, Clem Costin to Detroit at two years, two mil per year. Dmitry Kulikov returns to Florida. Uh, not known yet what the uh, what the contract is there. And Kevin Stenland goes to Florida for one year. Also not known in terms of money. Uh, Colin Galia to Winnipeg for one year. Tyson Jost to Buffalo for one year, two mil. And Teddy Bluger to Vancouver for one year, one point nine mil. Nice. <sighs> so that is what it is there. Uh, what the uh, free agent market has looked like so far. Um, yeah. I don't think I've got. Oh, well, there is this actually. 
Uh, looks like the Eric Carlson sweepstakes. You have you have the Penguins, you have Seattle, and you have Edmonton, and also potentially Dallas. But it looks like he may be going to Carolina. So for a team that already has a good defensive core to begin with, now you're adding in an offensive defenseman like Carlson? I'll tell you right now, if the Hurricanes do not make the Stanley Cup Finals next year, wow. If they can get Carlson with the talent they have on that roster and they don't make the Finals or they don't win the Finals, just wow. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) Neither do I. Oh, um, um, I got an update for you. I have an update. Uh, as you probably might have guessed, uh, Birmingham uh, won the USFL championship. What was the score? score was second here, as I have it listed. Okay. USFL, Birmingham over Pitt, 28-12. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that they were still going on. Yeah, today was a, was a championship game. Oh. Huh. Well, last year was on Sunday. This year, I decided to move it to Saturday. For what reason, I have no idea. Huh. Uh, who knows? And I, I have, suppose I they, no idea that they were still going on, though. They are. They barely have a pulse, but they're still breathing. <laughs> Somehow. Still alive and well. Still kicking. Uh, oh, uh, there's also this one, too. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings did sign Shane Gostis-Behar, apparently. It's uh, not known what the – or at least I don't have it here – what the uh, term is for his deal. But Shane Gostis-Behar uh, does sign with the Detroit Red Wings. Um. So to go down the list of awards uh, for the NHL awards, uh, pretty much as people believed it would happen, Boston did take home quite a few awards. Uh, The Jack Adams Award for Best Coach went to Jim Montgomery. The Selkie Trophy, or as as we should call it now, the Bergeron Trophy, went to Patrice Bergeron, his sixth of the of his career, uh, yeah, which is a NHL record. Remarkable. What was that? Remarkable. The Bergeron Trophy. Six. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. It sh- it should be called the Bergeron Trophy at this point. Yeah. Uh, Linus Linus Olmark took the Vezina for best goaltender. Uh, no the William M Jennings. The William M. Jennings Trophy went to the best goaltending tandem. That was Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman. GM of the year. I'm kind of surprised that it went to Jim Neal. Yeah. Mm. I thought that it would. I I thought it would have gone to uh, to Don Sweeney. Yeah, now I should mention it. I thought that uh, any. Any uh, trophy that they were up for, with the exception of the Hart Trophy, because we all know, we all know that the MVP is always going to be Connor McDavid or Connor McJesus. So, yeah. uh, 
I would have thought that they would have swept every other category that they were nominated for. But nope, GM of the year went to Jim Mill of Dallas, surprisingly. Surprise, surprise. Uh, the Calder Memorial Trophy for Rookie of the Year went to Maddie Beneers of the Seattle Kraken. Uh, the Hart Memorial and the Ted Lindsay Trophy both went to Connor McDavid. Of course. The Mark, the Mark Messier Leadership uh, Award went to Steven Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yep. All it's watching. Uh, which honestly, that kind of makes sense considering the type of leader that he's that he's been shown to be throughout all throughout his entire career. Um, the King Clancy Memorial Trophy, which goes to the best man, basically this is the NHL's version of uh, that trophy that the what is the trophy that the NFL has for Man of the Year? Is that Walter Payton? Walter Payton. Yeah, Walter Payton. This is this is basically their version of the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Uh, this went to Mikhail Backlund okay, of the Calgary Flames. Right. Uh, the Lady Bing Trophy goes to the Best Sportsman, I believe, the uh, Best Sportsmanship. Yeah. That went to Anse Kopitar of the LA Kings. The Bill Masterton Trophy uh, went to Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Norris Trophy went to Eric Carlson for the best defenseman uh, with the San Jose Sharks. Now, for the all-rookie team, uh, we had Maddie Beneers of the Seattle Kraken, Wyatt Johnson of the Dallas Stars, Matias Macelli of the Arizona Coyotes, Owen Power of the Buffalo Sabres, Jake Sanderson of the Ottawa Senators and Stuart Skinner of the Edmonton Oilers comprising the NHL all-rookie team. Which, by the way, uh, speaking of Stuart Skinner, he was pretty pissed off that he got robbed of uh, the Calder Memorial Trophy for Rookie of the Year. No, I've heard. um, It kind of makes sense. I would have given it to Veneers also considering the year that he put up. So I'm not all that surprised. Uh, Also introduced, uh, Mike Babcock became the ninth head coach officially in Blue Jackets history today. So uh, the former Detroit and Toronto uh, bench boss will attempt to somehow turn around that franchise and uh, once again, put a winner out on the uh, out on the ice for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm, let's see. Oh, one last little bit here. Uh, the Titans, their running back Hassan Haskins has been arrested on domestic violence charges in Nashville. Uh, he is accused of strangling his girlfriend and brandishing a handgun. Uh, a, his girlfriend was also arrested, though uh, Haskins was accused of extreme physical violence. Uh, likely will cost him his roster spot. 
he reportedly strangled her after she liked another man's Instagram photo. And in a subsequent argument over their breakup, he reportedly kicked through a door in their home and cocked a handgun. And then stated, I hope you would, as she threatened to slash his tires after ripping a $5,000 chain from his neck. Uh, he was wow. charged with yeah. aggravated assault by strangulation, and his girlfriend, Micaiah Green, uh, was the one who was jailed as well. Yeah. So with that being said, that's going to do it for, the, for uh, this week's show. Thank you to everybody for calling in tonight. Uh, thank you to Lou. Thank you to Alex, Diane, Kyle, and Chris for joining me tonight. We will be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. Everybody have a great 4th of July weekend, and we will see you guys next week.